I was going to say, because when you said that, it like a bell went off in my head. I was like, oh my god, he is a crazy person like that. <laughs> Scrolls of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I am Jeff Burns. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are back on the mag ep tip today. We will be flipping through Nintendo Power issue 5. And you can find this issue on archive.org as you can with all the issues. If you want to look at the shit we're looking at, I'll drop the link to this particular issue in the show notes. Uh, please rate and review this podcast when you get done listening to it or now don't wait uh either or uh just please do if you could helps us out a lot and to get shit rolling what are we playing jab what are you playing uh i am playing uh i finally got or not that i finally got uh the outer worlds finally came out so i've been playing that a little bit but i had a really social uh weekend and uh end of my week is the outer worlds is that the one the isometric Diablo? No, that you're thinking is uh, Pillars of Eternity, okay. also by Obsidian. This is the spiritual successor to uh, Fallout New Vegas. That one is out. Okay, no shit. Yeah, finally out. Uh, I got it. I played it just a little bit. It came out, what, Friday? And my dad, had sh- I was setting up my new video game room, living room setup in another part of my house. And my dad called me on Thursday and he shot a deer. So he needed me to drag that out of the woods for him at like fucking 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> so I didn't get that set up and then I went and got it Friday and I just I had a bunch of, I did all kinds of social things this weekend so I've barely played it much at all I'm hoping to get into it tonight but we will see so far so good it's all very uh, very very stat based like those Fallout games 3 in New Vegas um, the stats you know matter if you're good at engineering or hacking you can use that in dialogue choices um the shooting is good enough. The colors are new and different and fun. Um, in, a, in, a, in a better is is it is, are they are they enacted in the dialogue choices in a less uh, I don't know pre- predictable stupid. fashion? Yeah, stupid or less predictable fashion than in Fallout Four. I yeah, it's think. just yeah, God, yes, it's just like Fallout Three, which you did play. Yes, you did not play New Vegas. Yeah, I played, but you sent me both of them in the fucking mail. <laughs> um, well, one of you didn't like. I think you like three more than New Vegas. No, I like New Vegas more. I believe the stories in, in New Vegas are better than three. No, yeah. I, I like both those. I didn't like the the one I didn't like that you sent me was uh, Far Cry. Oh yeah, I guess I can understand that. I like those games though. I tried playing it again recently too, and I was just like, I, I got a little further and was a little more interested, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Was the story, it three or four that I sent you? I, I believe four. I'd have to go get up and go look. But yeah, three is better. Just the story world is just not. It's, it's modern. Like I just don't care. No. Right. If, 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 I need to be in some sort of. There needs to be a heightened level of reality, whether it be a post-apocalyptic, as in the case of Fallout, or this fantasy thing where there's some apocalyptic shit going on. I don't care about uh, a small insurgency in a jungle. I just don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get it. Um. Yeah, and, and three is a better 
a better setting and I think a better game than four anyways. So that probably would have been the, the appropriate ticket, but what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, Outer Worlds is, uh, is great so far. I haven't delved too deeply into it, but I can tell it's going to be the game that I hoped Fallout 4 would be. And uh, yeah, I just, I really appreciate that uh, Obsidian did that. Like basically, I mean, this whole game is like basically a big fuck you to Bethesda. Like if you're going to take our beloved, well, I guess it wasn't Obsidian's, but like, if you're going to take this beloved franchise Fallout and just fuck it up and not even consult us, then fuck you, we'll make our own game, and it'll be just like the old Fallouts, and people will buy it. And at this point, like people are falling head over heels to buy and play The Outer Worlds, and uh, Bethesda's it? getting laughed off the fucking market for their subscription shit for uh, Fallout 76 that they just released. So, okay. Well, not uh, just. It's been out and getting roasted for like a year now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not a good game. And then they started charging you more to play it. And people are just like, fucking, they can't take it. So, well, yeah. how much How much is it? Uh, it was 50 bucks. It was 10 bucks cheaper than a okay. gold, what do they call it? Gold Star AAA fucking title? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Too expensive. And it costs 10 bucks <laughs> less than regular. <laughs> Too expensive. Right. Um, so, I think that's actually it for me. Um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't do a lot of gaming for the past few weeks, maybe even month, and then I finally got this game, and then I had like literally all of my nights, my social obligations went to like one thirty in the morning. So, mm-hmm. How about yeah, you? I, didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to do a ton either. Uh, I think the one thing I wanted to drop in here that's kind of fucking uh, semi on this topic. Uh, there's an iShit app that I got wind of recently that it's not a game but it, it is it, it it is an a uh, download <laughs> uh it's called tiny decisions have you ever heard of this no okay so it's a it's an app that lets you store lists of things that you can get siri to pick a random option from when you ask her a designated question so oh. uh the, the relevance here is i made one for my shit worth playing list i also have one for like what to make for dinner because, like, I hate sitting and standing in the grocery store. Like, what the fuck do I want to have for dinner? You know? <laughs> like, right. So, like, you can literally just go, hey, Siri. Like, you, you, program, you, you, it, you, it, you record your question. So it, it does the, the voice recognition of it. And you can set it to be attached to Siri. So you don't even have to fucking go open the app. It'll just, you just ask Siri, get her on board, and go, hey, you know, what do you want, what, what do you want to play? And she picks one of the games off the list and suggests it to you. Right. Uh, which is like my chief function of that shit worth playing list is when I'm bored, something to do. And like it just takes one step out of the process uh, in a really cool and easy way uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, like I said, is applicable to, I think, many, um, you know, dumb, sh- dumb fucking things that you got to, you know, the, the paralyzing indecision of life. <laughs> of modern right. life, you know, uh, with so many options of whatever the fuck it may be that you need to make a decision about. Uh, it, it's right. a really, really cool idea. I'm free too. I've, I've had issues where like I'm hungry and I'm like around town or like out and I'm like, okay, you know, my options are in Oberlin, like, you know, maybe five different places to eat. And then maybe I like them all, you know, like I want all of them. And uh, yeah, those little choices, like it, this is an easy one. Like, where should I eat? This is fucking embarrassing. It's the most first world problem ever. Right. But like, I'll be like, I don't know where I want to eat. And then like an hour will go by and I'll just decide to not eat at all. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, what the fuck? And, I've, and I've yeah, I appreciate before. that Siri could be like, yeah, you're going to eat at the Fev and that's it. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful name for it too. Tiny decisions is, is a really brilliant name for it. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's a fantastic day. I mean, I've mentioned before, like the, my biggest problem with losing cable television, I like a decade ago now, probably <laughs> is that I now have to make the choice of what I'm going to watch as opposed to having it suggested to me just by the random nature of flipping through channels. Right. Know? And I, you know, come to think of it, I do that with fucking, uh, Netflix and like Hulu anyways. Sure. I, always end up watching star trek deep space nine <laughs> or like fucking yeah. futurama or something like that so and that's all i watch because i can't make any other choice yep yeah it's a, yeah. It's a fantastic thing i, I highly, highly recommend downloading it yeah tiny decisions tiny decisions is called yeah right. yeah and you can put you can you can you can even you can wait if you you know really want to get into like controlling your life <laughs> with some sort of direction you can wait certain answers more significantly or reduce their weight uh in the random selection really thing you know so if you you know if, if it's not so random well you can have it be random you can have it equally weighted but you can what yeah. should i watch and i really want to watch star trek deep space Nine. <laughs> right, so you wait that five compared you should to... watch star trek deep space nine thanks siri <laughs> yeah just some just some digital reassurance of your you know me so well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah that's an option if that's how you want to employ it in your life it's it's available to you as, as a way to oh. do it <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll look into it yeah. uh but as for shit i actually did play the uh, first of all i haven't played any fire emblem uh i think i i think i might not like it man i think it's yeah it's tedious as fuck like it's tedious and it's over like you it's overwhelming in that like you know you got to do a bunch of tedious shit and at the end of the month you're gonna have this battle that takes you like a fucking hour like it just there's like no part of that flow chart is appealing to me (laughs) (laughs) sure like i'm gonna do all this shit that is relatively meaningless i don't you know i'm to the point where i'm just like Instead of like individually instructing which students to do what, I'm just like auto doing it, like just fucking get finish that, you know, whatever you think is smartest. <laughs> right. Uh, just like, yeah, with tiny decisions, basically. Uh, tiny decisions for Fire Emblem. And fucking, then yeah, you get to the battle and it's like overwhelmingly long. And if you fucking fail it, it's like, you're just like, you're shutting it off. Like you're not doing that again. Right. You're right <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's. It's I don't know, man. It's tough. I remember playing uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and like having a hard time on a couple battles and like, or like on a battle. And again, like you said, it could be thirty fucking five minutes and you lose. And even like five minutes before the battle's over, you know that it's over. Yeah. And to <laughs> yeah. do it again is like, ah, oh, man. Yep. It's not that you just fire it back up and just try again. Like you have to adjust your whole party and right. like weapons and shit. And like, okay, so now we're two hours into the game and like you said i haven't really done anything yep that's, yeah it's brutal that's very tough um in a more simplistic th- uh fashion i have i have I'm doing research for the episode obviously ninja gaiden here on the cover we're gonna get into that in a second uh i ended up you know fucking around these games a little bit for just like, like a level or two ninja gaiden so good that i ended up firing it up on switch online and playing uh quite a bit of it actually uh, i got into like all the way into act four which maybe is further than i never been maybe at all at least without probably game genie like into the forest where the spiders are the little sconces on the wall that you can get items out of which i don't i didn't it looked very unfamiliar to me maybe i got there and i just don't remember but it looked very unfamiliar to me uh and that game just in general you know we've made a bunch of jokes about it because it's kind of like common vernacular in this retro video gaming space (laughs) of how difficult and unforgiving it is but 
holy fuck is that the game unforgiving mm-hmm. um they're just you know the the very like act four stage one they put this enemy right at the beginning that you pretty like you the really if you if you just run and fucking kamikaze into it maybe half the time you can just you can kill it if you mm-hmm. time your button fucking your sword swing just right but the more uh dependable route to the very first common enemy in the level is to jump at him over him and land and take the hit so you bounce off of him onto as opposed to because he's right at the edge of a pit so if you bounce off the front of him you're gonna just you're gonna die uh but you can he's so close and it's such a small jump that you can jump over him every time and hit the other side of him and then mm-hmm. bounce onto the platform take that damage and then kill him uh right and that is the most dependable way to approach the first common enemy in a level. <laughs> like, oh. the idea that you're taking damage as the most dependable way to navigate the very first problem set of a level. It's fucking, you know, it's not the last level of the game or anything. It's fucking just one of the levels. Uh, oh, is, yeah, there's more to come. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about it. Oh, yeah, right after that, there's fucking, it's got the birds that fly in the crazy-ass pattern, too, that are... Uh, oh, a really not, annoying flying enemy, you don't say. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really bad. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough ass game, man. Uh, but I played a lot of it because it is it is very good nonetheless. And when you do, because of its difficulty level, of course, it's incredibly satisfying to get through something that you're having trouble with. Sure. So I played a bunch of that, and I also started. I fired up Mario Odyssey again uh, and started uh, kind of a completionist deal where I'm using the online lists, uh, the Mario Wiki lists, to find all the balloons or the moons. stars. Moons, stars, moons, what have you, yeah, uh, that I have not found yet, and that's pretty satisfying too. Uh, even though it is, you know, not uh, nec- well, it is still actually some because of the harder ones. You know, I've went through and done this without lists, just on my own, because you can ask. Like, there's a little dude in each level that you can pay money to, and he will tell you. He will put it on your list with a with a name, so you can at least like get an idea of where it is. And it's also it also puts an X on the map, so you have the name of it. What the, what the moon is called, and that, of course, has a clue to what you have to do or how to obtain it, and then there's also a mark on the map. So nine out of ten of those you can fucking figure out and, and get on your own without uh, any help uh, after doing that, and that's an in-game thing that I don't mm-hmm. think constitutes cheating. But um, So these are the really hard ones, so it, it doesn't really make me feel too bad that I'm fucking using a list to, to get them. Um, and there's actually still a few that I fucking still can't do. <laughs> Because right. I told you before, like the fucking level, like the first level, Mushroom Kingdom has like a hundred and something. The very first level has like a hundred and something moons in it, uh, mm-hmm. which is fucking insane. Um, so you have like two levels, like a level and a half into doing that, and it's uh, it is fun. So that's probably right. what I did the most of. Did that especially last night again. Like I said, I wanted to wash off that Bill's loss, and that's a very consuming, long-term project that made me stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see how that would work. It's right. kind of like a mindless venture. Right. And I would say, yeah, I mean, if it's fucking offering you a way to do it, you know, via w- within the game, then it's definitely not cheating. Right. And at the same time, who fucking cares if it is? If you're playing a video game and having fun, then do it. Right. For sure. So that's what I'm playing. On to Nintendo Power Issue 5.
That was Ninja Gaiden Cutscene 1 uh, getting us started on Issue 5 of Nintendo Power here. Yes, um, March, April 89 is the is the uh, time window. This is for cover price 350 as they've all been. And uh, first question, why the fuck is this blue-eyed white guy in ninja garb here? <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, they probably had a... Uh, um, maybe they still have too low of a budget to get appropriate ethnicities for the ninja garb. <laughs> right, well, yeah, I think, I think maybe more... Uh, they probably could have got a, got away with a brown-eyed white guy. Something, something closer. Uh, I think that probably would have been almost as bad. But maybe here's here's what I'm thinking. Maybe a more appropriately Japanese individual was booked for this photo shoot mm. and didn't show up, <laughs> and they were just like, just grab one of the white guys from fucking accounting. <laughs> grab Doug from accounting. He's a fucking idiot. Right. He's on thin ice. He's got to do it. Right. In a, in, a, in a poor fitting ninja costume, too. Maybe that also explains why it's baggy, which is, um, I feel like it's something that 80s, 90s live action portrayals of ninjas, that's just uh, etched into my memory. Like, it's always like this back then, you know, despite the fact that in cartoons and video games and shit, ninja garb is always form fitting, which, you know, makes a ton of logical sense, too, because you don't, you know, it's stealth and right. uh, agility they, they rely on to carry out their missions. Uh, you wouldn't want baggy ass clothes getting caught on shit. <laughs> you right. You're like tripping over your own fucking pants. So you can't <laughs> right. Walk. Right, like, right, I'm not right. a ninja. I've not been on a lot of like stealth shit necessarily, but like, <laughs> if I had to do it, I would go for form fitting. Right, for sure. Yeah, I would want some uh, something, you know, that's not right. fucking hanging off me in a, in a lot of places for sure. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. It's just yeah, not not a great the live action component of this. I mean, I kind of like the illustrated shit in the background a little bit. Uh, it's again kind of you know as they've always been. It's so weird to me that they don't come closer to the actual IP with these things. There's got to be, I think there's got to be a legal reason or something to it, like why they don't perfectly, you know, it would be so, I'm sure these, these games are in there. This is a third-party game that is in there specifically to advertise to Nintendo consume, Nintendo owners uh, to buy their games. So they there's just no way they would have any qualms with the exact badass, no less, illustrations uh, that they have for this this game, Ninja Gaiden, uh, to be used on their cover. Like I just don't get why you know why that that the um, which is why in the you is wouldn't try to land closer to it. Yeah, the, in the issue they have some some really cool illustrations that we'll get to when we get to the actual uh, feature, and you know the that the the bad guy his name is uh, I can't think of it offhand right now Jalico or some shit like that. Like he's a really badass arch nemesis to, you know to have that you would think you would want to have on here and just you know the actual castles even is, is, is our mountain deal uh is much more menacing than that one back there looks right um yeah it almost looks pleasant yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't look so bad and why uh, is that ninja holding a chicken bone yeah why is that ninja what the fuck is that in his hand man i do not know Maybe the Japanese guy they're going to have, like, actually had his own ninja gear. <laughs> his own props. His and own... Doug from accounting just finished lunch. He was eating chicken and, yeah, they were like, you know. Just, just bring it over here. Fuck it. Don't Doug put it. chicken <laughs> in his hand. No one reads the shit anyways, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, new hit in cinema display uh, mm -hmm. is the subtitle for Ninja, Ninja Gaiden here on the cover. And I know they're referring to the cinematic cutscenes, but what the fuck does that sentence exactly mean? Right. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't like, that doesn't read like good English. Yeah, if you, if you break that down uh, to what you call etymology et, to an etymology level, uh, cinema display does not. I don't know. I mean, maybe it does if you really fucking cut it up. But 
It's definitely it's there. There's there's a smoother way to say that for sure. I was going to say no. You're being way too forgiving. There are better ways to do this, <laughs> and they chose not to do it. Yeah. Uh, you also get explosive TMNT. Uh, Red Hot Preview is the second bullet point, and that's how fucking hot the Ninja Turtles were. That Nintendo didn't even hesitate to just use the TMNT abbreviation on the cover, no context provided. <laughs> like, like no, no, nothing else about the fucking, uh, the fact that it's the Ninja Turtles at all. Uh, they just have to put those four letters and everyone knows what we're talking about. Well, or uh, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, which is, is pretty pretty ballsy stuff, I think. Uh, and, and a good little uh, plan. Words there, explosive. Almost uh, TNT. Yeah. Oh, that is. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. That is a good little play on words. Uh, so yeah, fucking pros and cons to this, to the copyright here on the cover this week. Yeah, they this. do some things better than others. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get more Link Adventures and a CES report. Um, is, is game tour and contest a different topic or an extension of CES report? Speaking of copywriting dissections. Well, isn't, isn't this an issue of the Oxford comma? <laughs> so I'm a huge advocate of that thing. It, it <laughs> removes all confusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a little, that was a little fuzzy for me. Uh, anyhow, that's probably more than we need to talk about uh, the copy on the cover. On the inside cover, we get that tubular kid on a surfboard ad uh, with uh, the welcome letter as well. And the Nestor Awards are teased here, which is it's fun. It's like their rendition of the Academy Awards, basically. Uh, and we will get into that later. It's kind of fun. And after the TOC, they start mixing shit up on us, dropping the mailbox section in right at the beginning of the mag, which is a whoa, very different. Usually that drops, yeah. it's like NES journal stuff towards the very end here. Yeah, which I think is probably how it should go, right? Yeah, I feel, yeah. Like this I feel is like that's how magazines are now. Usually, well, not even now. I think most even then probably, yeah, this is like... We're talking about in, in a lot of cases, especially these are these are bi-monthly issues. A lot of cases we're taught they're they're mentioning like the shit from the last issue. So like let's get that out of the way and then move on to new business. <laughs> like to finish up the last issue and now the new stuff at page twenty or whatever, right? Uh, so the retirement community fun club letter <laughs> up first was mildly interesting, uh, but the last one in in the piece is probably where I had the most fun. It is Steve Gibbs of Benicia, California. And he starts by saying he's a high school English teacher and newspaper columnist, which is fine, uh, as, are his, as are his glaring efforts to make this the most eloquently scribed Nintendo Power letter ever. <laughs> you want to write good, you know, you want to write a very uh, flowery, flowery copy in, in, in your letter to Nintendo. That's cool, too. Uh, but here's where he becomes a pompous prick. <laughs> The latter portion of the second paragraph, referring to his 11-year-old uh, kid playing Zelda 2. This is this is uh, verbatim. The level of critical thinking and problem-solving required make these games an acceptable challenge for the son of a school teacher. Oh. <laughs> like what a cunt! Like, like as if his Benicia high school English teacher job puts his kid on some intelligence pedestal. Uh, right. I bet his. His kids smoke dope like everyone else. I was going to say, man, I knew kids, the teachers, and they were just like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was, that was was the funnest letter for me. Did you get anything out of these that, that amused you? My first was actually the uh, retirement community one, yeah. which I'm not sure I buy all their fucking claims, by the way. No. Most of these are full of shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm 83 years old, and I beat Metroid. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but you didn't. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. Like, you know, uh, we... They do have all the time. They actually have more time than children, believe it or not. So Exactly, right. And then, but also life experience and like, uh, you know, a a lifetime's worth of um, problem-solving practice. (laughs) Yeah, but like, I don't know, man. Like, imagine you're playing a video game, just getting into it, and you just shit your pants. (laughs) <laughs> that's going to put a damper on your video game experience. Well, you got to go clean that up. Like, Ryan, I don't know. Man. Ryan probably does is probably not a, probably not a, uh, an incontinent individual. If he's the one writing the letter here, you know, he's, right. he's, a, he's clearly got extra free time if he's the one doing the outreach. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought that was funny that they, I, I appreciated the idea that they, that that was happening. I was like, Oh yeah. Like everybody should enjoy video games if they can. And I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. So, <laughs> Who knows? And this could like very easily be like a a contrived Nintendo letter where it's like, oh, I know it would be a great gift for Grandma Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, 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 and once yeah. it goes out the fucking Toys R Us door, Nintendo doesn't care. Right, right. You know. So that was my one. Awesome, awesome. So the first game feature is the second part of their Zelda 2, the Adventure of Link coverage. And this one runs seven pages. Uh I can't believe I didn't think to pull this out and give it a look before taking on the home stretch. <laughs> right. Or the last pod. Like, we read that issue, and that's what led to me picking the Getting game. Getting re-inspired. Back. Right. And they say in that, ep- in that issue that, like, you know, the second half of this shit is in the next issue. Uh, look forward to that. Work on the problems that you have right now. When you get there, you'll have more information. It did not occur to me to, to, to pull it out. Um, it's funny though they they did uh I realized as I got into it that the map I ended up googling and using didn't even realize it but the map I ended up in googling and using for the sixth palace uh is is a screenshot of this page basically oh, okay just like with the Nintendo power copy uh cropped off <laughs> right so I did use it uh, kind of but with not with an extra step right not not as intelligently as I could have uh or or as uh directly as i could have you know right was it one of those things where you just like you were so stuck in following the format of this show that you were like i don't know man it's not out yet <laughs> maybe, i can't read it maybe, it's not out what can i do a, maybe at a subconscious level perhaps uh but no even, even that even that i think would be more uh would give me more credit than i am due because that would be like a realization and a, and a, and a, a conscious decision to not do this it was just like a lack of problem solving ability to me. right <laughs> And, and it would have been cool because, like, then you would have been using only the tools that would have been at your disposal in 1989. Sure, yeah, which would have been you know? yeah, hyper uh, in our little world here of our of our, of our fucking study uh, or our project, rather. But right. nope, not that smart. Just a dumb farm boy from Ohio. They they start this off with the good shit, uh, an item breakdown and map revealing uh, a bunch of secret locations on the western half of the world map where kind of where you start uh shit like one-ups hearts magic containers jars uh bagu's cabin which is one of the things that i had to i didn't remember when i did get back into that playthrough was like where exactly that cabin that lets you across the bridge to the south is in the woods above the town that you have to um where they tell you about him so that that was uh, useful information they dropped in here. And can you imagine how fucking fast kids sprinted to their Nintendos to collect these things? <laughs> like oh, yeah. after when they got this issue, because again, yeah, like you know, this is the second half, so they they played the shit out of the the, the first half of the game, uh, along with the, the having that that last issue. Uh, but yeah, like I said, a lot of these things are like little secret things that you can get. 
you can you can you know you can get further in the game without having gotten these things. So these are things that you're like backtracking for that are making your life way fucking easier. <laughs> like can you just imagine how quickly there's like fuck fuck <laughs> like running to turn their goddamn Nintendo on. Right. Uh, get these extra heart and, and magic containers and shit. You know, uh, it was a funny little thought. I, I mean, I I run to my fucking game sometime as it is. I'm 35 years old now. Like I can sure. only imagine. They get some shit like, oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> like, fuck I cannot, mean? I cannot finish this shower fast enough. <laughs> right? Like, there's no fucking time limit. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I can imagine these kids are fucking geeked. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean that. You know that is, that concept is one of the most amazing things about nostalgia and these magazines. You know, this, this like this is this is how you found out things that were epically important to you as a child. You know. And it's, it's, it's what makes these relics like eternally significant in our minds. You know, uh, the, the Internet has robbed this generation of that. And that's really yeah. sad. You know, no, it actually, like I if we took the time, I have a lot to say on it. But like, you know, I remember like a couple other examples like, you know, I couldn't Google answers to fucking video games. You know, we had to call the counselors and get our asses beat by Mike. And like when I had a girlfriend growing up, like I had to call her house and talk to her dad. <laughs> like, yeah. And that, sometimes that, that shit was too scary, like and I just didn't do it, dude. <laughs> right. Like kids nowadays, they just text their girlfriend starting in when they're eight years old. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's very funny. That's a that's a that's a really good observation on this topic. Yeah. Right, and there's other <laughs> ones that I forgot that aren't related to video games, so I won't bore the listeners with that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's different now, and we're never gonna get it back. So yeah, too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I highly doubt kids will be hunting down old web pages. And fondly revisiting them 30 years after their initial perusal, you know, like they, they might actually. Well, they won't be there. You're not going to find the IGN pages from fucking, you know, you, you probably can't even find the IGN pages right. from the early 2000s now. You know, they've been uh, they have the games on that website, but the same like, you know, the reason this is or these magazines rather uh, the ones in particular that are like really powerful to me uh, as far as the nostalgia effect goes are the ones that I had. And I like when I see them, mm. like I'm immediately transported emotionally, if not also maybe physically to some degree mm. uh, to the moment when I am looking at these as a kid and like the exact imagery like that, you know, you're not replicating that without, right. The exact <clears throat> honestly, even if even if the HTML is on a server somewhere, the same HTML in the same order uh, is on a fucking server somewhere that could be accessed 30 years from now. It's not going to be interpreted by the browser, the technology that's interpreting at the same time or at that later time, rather the way visually that it interpreted it uh, at its inception. You know what I mean? And, yes, and, I do, and, yeah. and again, what we're what you're tapping into here is like this like super basic human memory function of like seeing the exact same thing so far removed from your emotional attachment to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And it really is the same format that like humans have used since the invention of like writing. Yep. Like, you know, we took that right up to the very fucking end. And then like, now we're at the point where we don't really do magazines anymore. And like, like you said, you do lose some of it with the interpretation technology that will be yep. used in the future. So yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Yep. Yep. Point, Josh. <laughs> uh, so we get two pages each for the fifth and sixth palaces, and then a page dedicated to the path to the great palace. Uh, just like some little shit from having just played it that I picked up in, in the pages here, thought about while I was reading through the tactic they suggest for Guma, which is that was the fifth palace boss that I was like stuck at and hadn't like why I stopped playing the game. 
whenever it was, mm. uh, and where I was at when I first picked it back up, uh, is not how I beat his ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, they suggest you getting in close and kneeling during his attack breaks, and I just kind of, like, jumped and whacked at his head and retreated and, like, stayed just out of the... Because he has a very predictable spin of his fucking mace and then whips out at you. So, like, it's, it was a, a rather predictable attack pattern that uh, you could avoid with relative ease. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, again, like the, the, their suggestion probably, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not easier. I don't know. There's no way to tell because I didn't try it, but maybe it was. You easier. didn't use it, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was, I could have made my life easier again if I had fucking looked at this goddamn issue. They, they mentioned using the reflect spell for the six palace boss. This is another thing where like I didn't do what they, what I could have done if I'd read the issue. Barba, the, the dragon, the, the, the uh, six palace boss, uh, like he was really easy to avoid his projectile attack and then just jump up and, and whack at his head. Like I never even, it didn't even cross my mind that I needed to use the reflect spell. So another instance where the boss was easier maybe than they suggested. Right. I I never got that far at all, but maybe, yeah, maybe like the reflect spell, like did significant damage or something. Possibly. Yeah. And like his, so you'd have to like chip away at him, you know? Right. Yeah. He, 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 like his, his projectile, like it went, it like it's angled down, and like it would, and, and again, like I mean, I, I think I beat him the first time. I maybe, maybe it took me two. The very quickly though, and like his projectile goes like kind of like it always hit in front of me, basically. Like he never once hit me with a projectile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just fucking fucked up and like fell in a pit trying to hit his ass or something. Right. A little uh, too greedy, right? Yeah, I failed, but so maybe uh, you could have shot that shit back at him, and yeah, I could have done serious damage, but. Didn't try it, uh, so maybe I'm glad that I didn't read it in that case because it was way easier than probably maybe trying to catch reflect shit back at him. <laughs> right. Like I could, you, then you would have been on this this uh, this episode here going, I could have just jumped up and hit him a couple times. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, one of the steps to the Great Palace tips tells you where a one up is, uh, and but specifically mentions to leave it there till later. Like in the issue, which if you remember, we were talking about this. It's like exactly what I said when we were kind of like basically like because you that last run, if you're going to do it on OG hardware with no save states or anything, the you're it's just you're dying. You know, you're you're going to die. So like the only way to get through that whole gauntlet at the end of the game, in my opinion, was to yes, basically stockpile all the one ups in the game and then run around and grab them right at the end before you take on this last stretch. And that's kind of what they're suggesting there by saying to leave that one up till later, uh, which is, is pretty pretty cool to have my fucking theory uh, validated to a degree. There. Yeah. <clears throat> back, back up. So yeah, man, I don't you know, we already talked about this game and kind of shit. Did you, I mean, was there anything in here? Like it's kind of further than you said you got, so. Yeah, like a lot of this shit I don't remember. Hey, you better chill out. Um, a lot of this shit I don't remember, so this is beyond where I was at. Yeah. So, yeah, we've covered that. I, I can't recommend enough, though, fucking uh, taking it on, man, because it is fucking... It, there may, you know... It's not the hardest game on NES, but it, it may be the most epic, you know? Okay, yeah, I can see that. The, the most, well... You know, some of those RPGs are, are 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 bigger and longer undertakings, maybe, but because of the live action component being so yeah. difficult, but it's still having some of those epic story uh, aspects to it. You know, like I think it, it might be one of the more gratifying <clears throat> things to take on with the NES in general. So yeah, it's very adventurous, which is not like 
obviously it's not like a super surprise to anybody, but like to get the same feeling of adventure from like Final Fantasy, you can do it. You just have to really like immerse yourself and truly imagine yourself. Right. Like doing like when you hit fight in Final Fantasy, like your little guy comes out and like, you know, does a motion and swings a sword and then there's damage dealt. Like it's it's very abstract. Whereas like this is a direct like the sword went into the enemy, so it's dead, you know. Yep. So I see what you're saying. You, like, it just takes imagination with Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior or something. But this, yeah, I can see what you're saying. is quite epic. Yeah, one of the more immersive experiences. So next up, we get that CES feature, Consumer Electronics Show, that is mentioned on the cover. It's the 1989 winter CES. And there's a big swing and dick flex on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Referring to fictional character Nestor attending. That's like the kind of the, the way they styled this piece is that Nestor is the one that went to the show and is making these notes and da 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 da. And they say, we knew he wouldn't have a problem finding the booth, referring to the, the Nintendo booth, uh, and because it was the biggest one at the show. <laughs> so, like at the entire show, Nintendo was the one that had the fucking biggest presence, which. Right. Yeah, I have been to, I've never been to CES, but I did go to Toy Fair a bunch of times, which is in New York, uh, in New York City, they do it at the, the Javits Center, which is the the big convention center uh, right on the, on, in Manhattan. On the well, they did side. some drafts there, the, the Jacob K. Javits Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they did NFL drafts? Yep, they did some, and for some fucking reason, this is insane, but for some reason, back in like 2004, me and Frank... Uh, had joke. We had found a picture of randomly. This was not related to anything. Of Jacob K. Javits, who had written some sort of book or something, and we found a picture of him. We found his picture funny, so we cut the page out and hung it on Frank's wall. <laughs> that is very obscure. And then I later found out that he that drafts would be at the center named after him, and huh. then it got mentioned. Do you remember? I've actually never it never was in, uh, interesting or, or important enough to me to Google and find out anything about him. Is there, do you recall any facts about him, who he is or what he did? Why is, what is the significance of that space being named after him? Do you have any idea? Right. So, um, it wasn't interesting enough for me to remember. <laughs> oh, I don't. <laughs> That's surprising. Uh, probably just, probably just a rich guy. That's usually often what it is. Uh, yep. yeah. The, so yeah, it's just, a, it's a huge fucking convention center and toy fair is basically a bunch of, toy there were they were i think there there were de- you know there are definitely video game companies there but it's not a video game show at all it's much more about kind of action figures and 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 more tangible toys board games and and kids manipulable toys and things and there are actual video games i'm sure there was some electronics uh minded things that's inevitable at this level of technology advancement <laughs> that we're at society wise but uh, it was not at all a video game thing. It was it was you know, a ton of like the, the the big exhibits were Lego. Lego would always have just an insane fucking layout, dude. Like a maze. Like it's funny because you know, most of them are just like little. You know, I I don't if you've ever been to any sort of convention like this, I don't know. But the usually like most conventions, like you, know, you get like a little table, a booth. You can you can just walk around and see everything and decide whether or not as you walk by that whether this booth and this one booth in particular has enough or has something that you want to engage with and you want to walk over. And then the idea is you walk up and they usually have someone, people who work for the company and they try to engage you and get you to fucking look at the things they really want you to look at out of their product line, et cetera, et cetera. And in these cases, they are usually, you know, it's, it's brands with sales reps and then 
retailer retailer reps basically are walking around deciding what they're going to buy huge bulk amounts of to sell on their stores is really the purpose of these fucking conventions like this and toy fair is no different than ces in that regard uh so but the bigger ones like lego and uh trying to think of another example of it um uh it doesn't matter legos i can do it with lego basically lego you couldn't see lego lego was like secretive you have to like schedule an appointment no shit and like their whole booth even though it's huge is like walled off so you can't see into it you can't see any products you know you have to book a fucking appointment and you know there there are a limited number of appointments so like there's even like an exclusivity component to it you know <laughs> like right uh which is you know it's hardcore relative to so many and like kind of just the general feeling or purpose of the fucking of the convention is kind of like this open thing to like attract new consumers to your products and like the idea that Lego is so pompous about the marketability of what they have that they don't even need to attract new people. They need to keep the more, the less meaningful people out and only deal with the big buyers, you know, is, right. is, is very, uh, it's an extreme case. of well, I don't know, like fucking something. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's fucking weird because you think like the point is to market and sell like, right. But like you get to a certain level and it's like, you know, there's there are there's a finite number of sale of people you're paying to be there to engage with other humans. They have a finite amount of time that they are working the convention. And therefore, you don't want some Tom, Dick and Harry like me, uh, who I was just there on like a press pass for that. Batteries not included fucking series just to try to talk to people and generate interviews where i'm not going to buy anything you know <laughs> like, right so you're so just like, wasting these people's time exactly for, from a commercial expected uh, perspective if you could say like you know talk to someone not that i would want to talk to one of their sales reps anyways like there's no one who's inventing legos at this point in the lego booth <laughs> which is who i would have wanted to talk to uh for the purpose of that so you know there's double-edged sword on, on the meaning on, on the meaninglessness of it in, in that regard but um yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, some of the just kind of the fucking tone of some of those fucking conventions like that. It's very interesting and like hyper, hyper commercially charged <laughs> environments. Uh, and that's exactly what CS is, I'm sure. So anyways, th th this is basically a minute by minute account of someone milling around the conference over the four days that it went on with short blurbs about each thing or about things each of the 35 licensees who were hosted in the nintendo booth so it was like basically someone just walking around the nintendo booth really uh because the nintendo booth housed all their third-party developers uh kind of in one little area you know so that's interesting too because you don't i, I feel like i didn't see anything like that anytime i went to toy fair either where you like you had a brand that was like you know it was like a host brand uh, that was like hosting the parasitic <laughs> smaller brands, you know, uh, and, and using the marketing machine of the bigger company to sell their shit, you know? Right. I think uh, anymore, it's probably just the case that the host band brand just buys up those little shits. And, exactly. Right. Yeah. They just right. buy them out and say, fuck you. Thanks. Bye. So a shit, ton of new, a shit ton of new games are mentioned here, but I think the blurb I enjoyed most was the U-Force one, which is bottom right on day four. I don't know if you clocked it or not, but the it has a picture of this kid named Reed with a caption saying he was lucky because he got to demonstrate this fucking piece of shit for right. four days straight. So he had to demonstrate to other human beings. Like the whole idea is like they you know they wanted a kid to do it, of course, because it's these are toys for kids uh, for most uh, intensive purposes. And so this kid had to this thing you know I I for fiddle one it's a total fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't 
fucking work. It does not work. It does not work. It does not work. So this kid in front of a group of people, like, I mean, you know, I'm sure they hired, you know, it's, it's probably an actor kid and he probably was like the most outgoing little fucker ever, but <laughs> like still he had to go up in front of a group of people and show this thing off and show it working. And I just can't imagine how many times what he was trying to do did not carry over to what happened on the screen in front of all these people, you know? And right. uh, I don't know who it would have been more awkward for, the kid who was oblivious and little and doesn't care about anything and just, you know, the experience was cool. He probably got paid to do it, no less. Uh, or he, of course he got paid to do it. And, you know, he's at the fucking in Nintendo booth. Yeah, there were other perks for him, of course. For sure, you know? Uh, so maybe it was less awkward for him and more awkward for the uh, adult handler sales rep that had to be there overseeing it all, and the kid can't get it to fucking work in so many yeah, cases. Yeah, and he's but... like, and when you turn the thing to the right, like, it goes right, and the kid turns it right, and it doesn't. Right. And yeah, it's so like, I, oh, fucking hell. I, it, it had to be awkward for someone, and I wish I could, I wish there was a video of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in those situations where somebody's like, oh, dude, let me show you this thing. <laughs> oh, hold on, it actually doesn't work. Like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> It gives me like I do that. It, it, that makes me think of a real uh, stupid, obscure story. So like I did this. Like, I think I want to say it was second grade Eastwood, and we had uh, show and tell day basically. And I was into magic sets. I did magic when I was like little, uh, super little kid. So I'm like age seven maybe for this, six or seven. And I had all these little kids magic sets. And I remember I had this this pass one. You know, pass is the uh, the Easter egg coloring company. You know, with the the little, you know, the little characters, oh, yeah. duck, duck, like that. arm animals and shit. Right, right. So the magic set was was a past brand. So it, you know, it was a bunch of little magic fucking tricks that you could do. Most of them involved those characters and stuff. And there was one that was like a, a number guessing trick. So like the whole the trick the 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 you had I don't know if it was like maybe eight or ten cards or something. And like they had illustrations of past characters on them, and then a whole bunch of numbers on. The uh, it's kind of actually almost magical to me as I say this that it worked, <laughs> but it did work. The a, a bunch of numbers, like maybe I don't know, a dozen numbers, uh, in various places on the illustration, and then the top left one of the numbers would be in the top left corner or the top right, whatever corner it was, but it was in the corner, so you could clearly uh, it was distinctive which one you needed to use. Mm -hmm. So someone could pick a number. That was on any of the cards. You lay out, you would lay out all the cards in front of someone, and they could pick a number, any number on any one of the cards. And if they told you what cards the number was on, you could add up the number in the corner and guess their number. Oh, okay. Which is fucking incredible. <laughs> like, sure. like, even as I say it, it kind of blows my mind. Right. So however many cards it was, like I said, it was somewhere between maybe 8 and 12 or something, and someone picked a number. So like, I, you know, I take this trick into fucking – and I, I, like, I don't know if I just freaked out from anxiety, or, <laughs> but I could not remember how to do it. <laughs> I, oh. couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I'm in front of the class uh, and like explaining this trick. I feel bad for you now. <laughs> exactly. Like it, that's the exact – thing that we're the exact emotional thing though that we're talking about right. with whoever that sales rep or someone trying to show you something and it fucking doesn't oh god that's like you were you were telling the story i was like oh god like <laughs> this, this story's drag not not don't take this the wrong way the story was dragging on but i was like i can only imagine actually being there like being the the, the teacher in the room <laughs> yeah watching this cor poor kid exactly. flounder that's oh. the exact but yes that's the emotion we're talking about is the person right. that is not necessarily in control of it, but has to oversee it anyways. Right. Oh, <laughs> that, God. Is your number five? Oh, it's actually not. Okay. Oh. <laughs> is it four? Oh, fuck. <laughs> now we're just talking. I think I just like disengaged. I was like, uh, I guess I can't do it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, yeah, probably the best just, way out. Got to go sit on the rug with the other kids. 
while someone else next person up there (laughs) so bad Uh, that's funny yes all my stories drag on Chad. that's a given well i didn't mean it that way i meant like (laughs) i could feel the drag of your emotion through the story what i is what i meant right Anyhow, staying on the topic of dog shit peripherals, they follow that piece with a page providing the rundown of the Power Glove. Yeah, this is hot. uh, Which I had this. I had the fucking Power Glove. And I remember, like, I chose this over getting a game. Like, this was a... And, like, I never saw The Wizard as a kid. I wonder how I even knew about it. I'm not sure. Maybe... It probably probably came as, like, a little advertisement in a game I bought or something. Yeah. Or it could have been this very ad. (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't have this issue. I never. This is one. This is one of those issues that is very unfamiliar to me. It was you didn't see it at like Eastwood or Prospect or something. I feel like. I feel. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not, Maybe. I, I don't think I knew much about. I mean, '89 is definitely before I had a Nintendo. First of all, I got a Nintendo very late. I was. I got my Nintendo in fourth grade, so that was post like late 1990, probably. Yeah. Um, okay. Or even actually, '91. I think it was, it was after I moved back to mad mike's house uh-huh. uh i'm pretty sure because yeah i was going to school at prospect i remember being at prospect talking about it and like you know whatever like i'm like the, the the my memory of the box of the nintendo box has something to do with fourth grade <laughs> in my okay. head so like right. I know, which would have, yeah it would put me after super bowl 25 which was january 91 so uh-huh. the uh it's definitely 91 that i got my nintendo so yeah i mean i got my nintendo very late in the game that was something we've talked about before yeah, i had an atari forever get my nintendo until pretty late so it was definitely in 91 i think even so yeah way before this and i didn't have my fucking uh nintendo power subscription until that super mario issue or super mario brothers 3 issue rather and you chose the power glove over a game yeah like pretty pretty fucking intense yeah i remember yeah i mean you know i got the case that came with it and everything and like it, it did it looked so badass but yeah, oh my it looks I, cool in this fucking ad <laughs> yeah but oh my god was it shitty yeah uh, I don't so, think I ever tried to use it that much. I, f- I feel like you probably held that as like a probably I was probably a fairly exclusive item. Especially to because it had to be like mounted on your arm and like, you know, then you're like sweating on it. <laughs> right. I was probably eating potato chips. Yeah, ex- yeah, probably, probably eating potato chips. And I'm like, ain't no way in fuck you're getting potato chip grease. You wouldn't let me use my own shit when I ate potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> And I want you to know that right now I eat potato chips whenever the fuck I want to, and I smear it on everything I own. If I watch someone eat potato chips and then use their laptop or something, it makes me want to jump out of a goddamn fucking window. I, I don't do it often, but like on the on the occasion that I do, I do think of you, and I think fuck you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, this isn't even out yet. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, Power Glove sucks dick. They also do a contest to win a trip to CES in Chicago the following year. Uh, and they also slyly drop in a cartoon Howard with a dialogue bubble saying, who knows what we'll see in Chicago? Maybe Super Mario Brothers 3. So that's mm. a very subtle, tantalizing dangle of a carrot there uh, just in the corner of this page. Truly. Yep. And then we go from that to a 10-pager for the cover story on Ninja Gaiden. Uh, is up next. And this first page right at the top, while explaining the cinema display buzz phrase they were hot on for this, has a caption explaining, if you've seen it before, push start and skip ahead to the action. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it made me think about like the place and time of where we're at and just the development of video games and everything. And it's just mind-blowing to me that, that 
this was so far back into the infancy of games and gaming that they had to tell you to mash buttons to skip through shit you didn't want to see. Right. <laughs> like that's Nintendo 101 shit. Uh, I don't want to see this go, 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 you know, which is right. exactly how I get through things even to this day. <laughs> yep. I mean, but you know, we've talked about it a million times. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but like people literally didn't know. And like it's ingrained knowledge in everybody now. Everybody knows how to fucking button mash through some bullshit cutscene that you've seen or don't want to see in a video game. They know how to. Honestly, they may know how to because of. Oh, it's not even telling me the fucking page. Page twenty of the <laughs> March April nineteen eighty nine Nintendo Power. Like that's why you all know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very <clears throat> possible. One hundred percent possible. Um. So the uh. As I mentioned, kind of when we were talking about the cover, the the artwork they have in this piece is really nice. The second page is a really cool fucking illustration uh, with Jackie O or whatever his name is, and some Ryo Hayabusa stuff. The has the moon thing from that cutscene. That's like the opening cutscene. That's so badass. Yeah. In the game, which yeah, very cool art. Also, they have them in blue, not black. The like appropriate blue, you know, like the oh. Game. Yeah. He's wearing oh, yeah. blue like he does in the game, not black and that fucking yeah, I mean, that's, cover. Yeah, that, I, that's I mentioned. Yeah, like it, it, they got it very right in the piece. So it's just, right. and I feel like that that's been the case. We've talked about that before too. Where again, the cover, the disparity between the cover and then the artwork in the even the piece in the in the magazine that the cover is fucking on. <laughs> uh, there's a huge disparity. So yeah, I would love to know what the fuck is up with that. Um, this man is very very muscular. He's a ninja, dude. I don't know if all ninjas look like that. A lifelong... Uh, I um, never met a ninja, so I guess I don't know what any of them He's an look elite like. ninja, dude. That's why he... Shit, there could be ninjas all around. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> By nature, you wouldn't know. If, they're, right. if they actually are a ninja, to be good enough to be considered one, then they you would not know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I've never seen a ninja. And like, would you? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the, the point. point. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the... Uh, um, in the breakdown item, item breakdown here, that ninja windmill throwing star is the one that meant the most to me. Uh, with the boomerang action to it, the yeah, yellow. How could it not? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's the hot shit. Brutal. Yeah, you could. It, it had the cool feature of, uh, which actually it's funny. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is in this magazine because you could do this with the boomerangs in that game too. Mm-hmm. But basically, that you could jump over it. It's a little harder in this game than the boomerangs and, and Ninja Turtles because those are slower. This mm-hmm. is much faster and it kind of moves. Yeah, it comes back quick. Yeah, and it and moves also in kind of a uh, a more elliptical, I guess, uh, pattern mm. than the boomerangs that just go straight out and back. But right. anyways, you could jump over it and keep it out. Because normally, yeah, you throw it out and it comes right back to you if you just stand there. But if you jump over it, it will fly past you and then, you know, go to, you know, two-thirds you are. the other way. And then keep, you know, if you keep jumping over it, you can go back and forth and be almost like kind of a long-range force field, you know, which was... Right. Uh, Really cool feature if you were particularly adept at Ninja Ninja Gaiden fucking dexterity, uh, which is cool. And then they get into the usual customary walkthrough maps and boss battle tips for the first three acts. Uh, but they go to great lengths to focus on the story and the cinematics in the game and the lower halves of the pages on uh, kind of this very cool uh, scroll background deal, you know, which is not. You don't normally get this level of even with the big games and the like, cover features. You don't get necessarily this level of focus on story and um, 
the narrative, you know, which is, is, is very cool that they, I guess they've been talking about these fucking cinematic deals so much that it's not that surprising, but it is I cool. I was going to say like, maybe this is what they were talking about on the cover being the new hit in cinema display. Yeah, no, for, I mean, like I said, we know exactly <clears throat> what they're talking about. Yes. But, and, and they even mentioned it at the, like one of the first things they mentioned and kind of put it into context and almost give you the definition of it. But, uh, Still, like I said, it's just a heightened level or attention to story that you don't get with most Nintendo games, even if they have a good story. (laughs) Uh, The matching light and shadow demon statues you get pictured on on the scroll on page 25 are so badass looking like really even like the digitized versions of them uh were really well done too and again playing the game a little bit or a lot even the the past week or so like you know when when seeing like they're just so well done and and so fucking um i don't know epic epically important like they they look so cool that you feel how important they are within the story because they put enough tension in them to make them look important (laughs) you know yeah i remember i remember being uh moved is probably too strong of a word but like yeah this game had some actually for that matter the uh the prologue cinema in the beginning of the game, which uh, opened up the, the the music, which opened up the uh, this episode. Uh, I remember that being like really powerful to me as a kid and being actually one of the first moments where even in that moment, I recognized like how powerful the music was and how it was making me feel. That's like one of my very first memories of like music affecting me. Yeah. And um, cool. yeah, not only that, but I remember those statues and thinking like exactly what you said, like, these just look so cool that I know I should be in awe of it. Yep. 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 I that, actually, that's a big accomplishment on a fucking system like Nintendo because graphical yeah, abilities sure. are not there, you know? Well, that's, a, uh, you know, you're, you're speaking of, I know you don't like movies as much as me necessarily, but what you're talking about is yes, it's the power of cinema, like the, the, the power of, of telling a very, something that a person can emotionally attach themselves to and experience through a screen uh, is, is what we're talking about. And that's what movies are about. And, you know, the fact that they got this into, yes, this level of technology and made you feel that is really fucking really impressive. Really well done. Right. Cause you really could take this story and like, you could make a movie out of it, you know? Sure. Like I... it, it's a good, interesting story. It's just, they threw it in a video game. Like if you made this into a movie and nobody would fucking bat an eye, they would love it. Yeah. And no, I can't believe they haven't actually. And you wouldn't even have to use like the same, it wouldn't have to be like Ninja Gaiden and the main character is Ryu. Like, it could be a ninja story, and the main character's name is John. It doesn't matter. Like, well, let's let's start developing it, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I got a really good idea to talk about. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then so we, uh, I looked. I, I was thought these fucking statues were so, so cool that I looked around at Etsy, hoping someone was making them. Oh, yeah, and I no no such luck. But oh my god, here's here's a free one for the listeners. Anybody that's out there into 3D printing, do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh my. You'll make a million dollars, and you're welcome. Yep. Donate it all to charity. Yeah, and you could probably, I mean, you know, I don't even think, this is one of those things that you see so much of it The with the, um, you know, it's, it's unlicensed merchandising is what it is. But, like, these little things from in these games that uh, because of how crude the graphics are, you know, you're not, you can't even get into, like, you're you kind of really skirt not, the copyright. Yeah, well, it's tra- trademark. But, yeah, you, you're not fucking, yeah, you're, you're not even, like, you're not even, not that, you know, I think you could probably small time fucking operations that no one gives a shit anyways, but like Etsy stores and what have you. But like it's, it's so far or so crude that you're not even necessarily at any real legal risk, you know, which it's stupid. It's stupid that we don't have a huge business (laughs) selling Jackie or or these, uh, 
things on t-shirts or something, you know? Right. Uh, we're literally dumb for not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm not a very smart person, so <laughs> right. not surprising. Though I, I would say there are lawyers out there that can get anything done, I'm sure. Oh, so. sure. Yeah, if the right, yeah, if, if, a, if a company wants The to. right psychopath finds out about our t-shirt business, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're fucked. Or we're at least paying out of our ass. Right. Uh, so the uh, some of the level names in here uh, caught my attention: Death Valley and Crystal Lake. Tons of originality going into the stage names. Not stealing. Speaking of uh... <laughs> stealing shit, right? Right. Yeah, uh, Death Valley from from Zelda and Crystal Lake from Friday the Thirteenth that we just played, and they give us a ninja 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 a ninja history lesson below Act Three, which is a really cool idea to give it, you know, some level of educational. Uh, benefit if you want to go that far. Mm. Now, the the what is a ninja opening to this suggests that Chinese and Japanese lore are at odds about which nation the idea of ninjas originated from. I've heard this, yeah. Which is, I I bet that's quite the argument two hypothetical old men could have on a porch somewhere. I would love <laughs> to see an old Chinese man and an old Japanese man argue about it. <laughs> yeah, that would be historians. Maybe that'd be the best old speaking Chinese of, Japanese historian. Speaking of shows, <laughs> right? Yeah. TV oh wow. Shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a, that's a fun little show too. So I fired it up as I mentioned already, and everything about it is fantastic, man. The the cinema displays, in quotations, the music, as you mentioned, the fact that they call the stages acts is cool. <laughs> the fade out and fade in effect that they end and start stages with is fucking amazing. The controls are fucking incredible. Uh, although playing it on the fucking switch kind of sucks with uh, the stick. Um, it didn't. And like it's funny, I have a controller that has it has the directional pad on it but it's in a bad place on those controllers it's like mm. not in the most natural place for your left hand to be thumbing mm. up to you know it's a little little more set uh towards the middle of the controller as opposed to the top left where the the control stick is you know so it's right not great playing it with the the i mentioned this before playing zelda on the fucking on the switch you, you miss out a little bit on controls relative to using an emulator on a, on a pc but or a computer rather but but all things being equal, the controls are good. Yeah, game, right? For sure. yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, even which, thank God, because they were even kind of shitty in the slightest way. This game would yeah. be—it's already impossible. Would be even more impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> if if such a thing exists, it'd be even more impossible. Uh, yeah, man, give me more of this, and it must be checked off my list at some point, whether we play it for the, the pod or not. Like this is without a doubt that's something that needs to be conquered. Um, Oh my god! Yeah, seeing some of these like uh, seeing some of these levels just gives me fucking anxiety. Because I remember trying to play like these levels where you like trying to jump little tiny fucking wood planks across the water. Yeah, but then they got, they drop those enemies in places where you just like it's a fucking. If you so many of them can be avoided if you're just tearing ass through levels. But I don't play games that way. I cannot. I hate. That's you know. I'm not a. I don't ever. I'm like. There's nothing less appealing to me than speed running. You know, like mm-hmm. I want to. I want to look at a problem and calculate the best way to approach it and I don't solve wanna... it while under fire right yeah i don't want to fucking just tear ass and like yeah memorize the button depressions like that does not appeal to me which right. is some of this game the 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 most advantageous tactical approach is that uh so that's the one thing about the gameplay that is you know a little below appealing to me but in general, just the, the mechanics of it are awesome. The fucking, the jumping back and forth between walls to climb things and stuff. And like, if you get really good with it, you can even like, you know, you, you can be, cause you can get, if, the, if it's not a climbing surface that you're stuck on the side of, 
you can't you can't crawl up it, which I think is a little uninji. <laughs> if, if you can stick to it in the first place, you should be able to crawl up it too. But that's another argument for another day. The sure. uh, but if you get really good, you can you can flip jump up straight up. You know, and that I mean, it's fucking incredibly hard, and it's even harder, of course, with the fucking control stick as opposed mm-hmm. to a D-pad. But uh, the fact that, like, that's like again, like extremely high-level Ninja Gaiden proficiency, <laughs> like that's right. like that is a master skill uh, that if you can get good at it, can definitely get you out of super fucked uh, situations. You know, right? You've put enough. If you can do that, you've put enough work into that game that you, if you had actually tried to be a ninja, you probably could be halfway there. <laughs> yeah, in real life, yeah, 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 uh, almost. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, just like. The first, like I dusted through Act One, you get to into that bar level with the 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 big club guy. You yeah, know? yeah, the bar room fight. Yeah, which is cool too. Like that's that's a super cool boss room, you know. Uh, yeah, you think a bar would be below a ninja, but not in this game. No. Yeah. You go into a bar and kick someone's ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Drinking's big in Japan. The yeah, uh, I plowed through two one, and then I got like the first like real trouble I had was was. 2-2, which is uh, it's kind of the um, you can see it here obviously, Death Valley basically, it's those it's, uh, it's not quite snowy, but it is mountainy, uh, and kind of the white platforms that they're up on, you know, and like the little uh, pillars, I guess, what, what did you call those? What are those called on castles? The corners? Uh, corners? No, castles. you knew the name, we were fucking talking about this for some other game uh, I, can't I can start naming it. castle parts if you'd like it's the things where the archers are, the fucking... Uh, arrow slit? Uh, crenellation? Uh, maybe, yeah. It's like the, the yeah the, the, the towers on the corners are, are you, you had the name for for when we were talking about them. Anyhow, they're oh. fucking standing on those, and it's, a lot of those are those witches that are tossing the, the crosses up in the air, and like they're pretty fucking persistent with the attack pattern of those. And like if you don't... If you let them get going, it's really hard to time getting up there and whacking them. To break it, right, and that's where yeah. you got to push. And I think the word you're looking for might be, um, oh, God damn it, I just forgot it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you had it once, Jab. Uh, Turret. Man, that wasn't it, because that's a word. It was a word I'd never heard before, and okay. I was like, Ugh. But anyhow, I'll try my best. Doesn't matter. You did it once, Jab. That's good enough. One for that. Just like, just like Josh Allen, one out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best I can do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, fucking, uh, that's why I, re- I really started to ha- be reminded, like, some of the difficulty of this game, so it's it's not too far into it that it, it lets you know, like, this is not a cakewalk, bitch. <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to work hard to get through this game. Uh, but I would like to someday. Um, yeah, and you had this, I mean, you, this was a cart you had, so this was a big part of our childhood in general, you know? Yeah, I may actually, again, I may still own that original cartridge. Yeah, that's incredible. I, got, I gotta get that out and fucking take a picture of it and send it to you. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, do it, yeah, get off, do it. Can't be that far. It's in your house, right? No, I can probably spit on it from here. <laughs> okay, so they wrap up the first third of this mag with a six-page Hudson's Adventure Island feature, uh, half of which is a fold-out map of stage one, two through one, four, uh, with a really badass 80s-rific Strider poster on the back of it, illustrated deal, and the... There's something off-putting about the protagonist being a young boy named Master Higgins. 
<laughs> I didn't can't. think about that actually. I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Like, I, I'm not exactly able to put my finger on it, but something is off-putting to me. It's uh, the the item breakdown. Even you know they have they start out with a breakdown to their credit, and it has milk in it, and the milk item is captioned. Milk is very good for growing young boys like Master Higgins, and I just I just don't like it. I can't explain why I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think if I had to try and help you through this, here's what I would guess. I would say that any child can't – well, I was, most children, if you're not talking about like Mozart or something, most children are not masters of anything. <laughs> yeah, you simply just... don't have the life experience to be a master of anything. Then you might be saying, okay, well, they're referring to this person – as as part of their title you know he's like some sort of nobility so anybody would refer to even the youngest child of a noble family maybe as master yeah. but at that point you're part of a noble family and you're rich and fuck you for that that's yeah i mean the the, the credibility of his ability to be a hero like that isn't necessarily like i agree with everything you said but i don't think that's it i think it's more sinister i think like there's something about it that's just kind of like creepy to me <laughs> oh I, i'm not getting any of that from that actually yeah like a young boy named master higgins the milk is very good for growing young boy i don't know it's just it's just something about it is just a little fucking makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe i have some maybe i have some undealt with psychological thing uh that that is leading me to that but it, it is a little off-putting to me i was gonna say i can't figure that one out for you in that way higgins is a bad name no matter what yeah, I don't like that name. Yeah, for a video game character, if there's listeners out there with the last name Higgins, you're wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you're not a small boy who's the protagonist of the video game. Right. Anyway. The I dig. I kind of do did the illustrations here, but the actual sprites in the game are so fucking boring, man. Like, you know, we talked about this when we played it on the, or I talked about it at least when we when we played the Master System version. Um, it's just. It just feels like a cash grab stock action platform. Like everything about it. Like, guess what the enemies are in this game? Uh, when I played it, the first few levels: birds, snakes, <laughs> like you know, just like spiders, probably like all the exact right. things that are just like in every shitty action platformer that they just put no effort to come up with original characters and enemies to. In, that you have yeah, to original up. concepts. Right. Yeah. It's just like it's just so stock to me, and it, it, the game feels across the board that way. You know, it just sounds stock, as yeah. Metallica would put it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You got to watch that document; it's really funny. Some kind of monster. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I've not seen the Metallica documentary. Yeah, take your time, watch it. It's really fucking funny. I feel like I've seen. I've. I've I'm almost sure I've seen some VH1 behind the music on them. So I, I maybe seen, may seen and heard some of the content. But right, I'm, those are great too. But I'm telling you, this thing is like next level, man. It's incredible. Well, yeah, usually feature docs are always fucking. I've told you, have you seen the Nirvana one? Uh, I would never watch something like that. Oh, dude, montage of heck. It's it's by the guy who I can't think of his name offhand and it upsets me a little bit, but he does all the. He does a lot of the like really big and really fucking well received music documentaries. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I did listen to Nirvana. I'm not the world's biggest Nirvana fan or anything, but the way he approaches this one because it, it's what it actually is is it's uh, tapes that have, Courtney Love found them in a fucking storage unit or something. They are tapes that Kurt made on his own, just mm. like recording himself at home riffing and shit. Right. So there's a, a lot of them where he'll have the recorder going and like there'll be a knock at the door or the, right. phone, the, 
Purple Ring or something like that. And like Chris like Novacella comes in and they just hang out and smoke weed together or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, oh. that that specifically didn't happen, but it's certainly possible. And yeah, there, you know, there's one where you know, yeah, the phone rings and he gets up and he has like a five minute phone conversation with whoever the fuck it was, and like, you know, it's just it's very insightful into just him as a human being. Uh, right, and, like a peek behind the curtain. Sure, and they the way. He, he approaches it for the doc. The usage of those tapes for the documentary is he animates them, but it's not like it's not like a a one for one animation where he's just animating what the calls are necessary ha- are doing. You know, it's like a, a little um, more abstract, I guess, right. uh, animation. So just a really well done and really different uh, kind of documentary as opposed to so many of them are just talking heads and you know showing you fucking concert footage and da 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 like. Right. Just a really uh, a way more high concept way to do a music documentary that was really interesting. Hmm. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend Montage of Heck. It's called. It's very good. Yeah, I don't. I kind of hate Nirvana, but uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Word. Uh, so anyways, yeah, fuck Adventure Island. I played it. It's it, the controls and and look it, the controls and the graphics are I think a little better than the SMS version, which surprised me because usually it's the other way around. At least with the graphics, for sure. Uh, with these cross-platform releases, but um, I don't know. I, I might even found it a little bit tolerable playing it, to be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't like I, I walk into this game like with a very negative fucking existing opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> because of these feelings about it, but it, yeah, it still, it did not do anything to change them, you know? Yeah, I'm very convinced that this game is really good. I haven't played <laughs> it in a while, but like I'm seeing this and I remember playing it and I'm like, this game is dope, dude. Oh, dude, I did not. Enjoy I forgive it. the generic characters. I forgive it all, dude. This looks tight to me. Hmm. We shall see. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Skate or Die Skate Shop theme, bringing us into Act 2 of Issue 5 from Nintendo Power. And they are starting a new preview section in this issue where they do uh, a little bit deeper of a look at upcoming releases as opposed to uh, kind of only had video shorts, uh, that section that is also here later on uh, as preview um, to future releases. This is kind of a a more in-depth look at games that are coming out, big ones. And the four that they are getting into here are Strider, Cobra Triangle, Bayou Billy, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as mentioned on the cover. And they're all hitting in June or July, so they're not out yet. So we are going to mitigate our engagement of them. But they introduce the power meter rating system here, which is... Uh, a big part of Nintendo Power lore, in my opinion, and it's basically one to f- like it's the the rating system goes one to five in four categories: graphics and sound, play control, challenge, and fun. For theme and fun, maybe they are, but the these amount to actual editorial opinions, Jab. Right. <laughs> like, which can get the fuck out of here, Nintendo. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how much of this is genuine and how much of it is like, you know, just an advertisement again? It's well, it's, yeah, it's still contrived, but like we will get to, you know, we'll talk about it later because they have them in the video short section now too. So 
that's interesting because it implies that they've engaged them, which I, I kind of always felt with the video shorts sections, like the, the reason they were so abridged was because this is just kind of what the information that they were fed as opposed to having actually having the title to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting to me a little bit, but yeah, they have, they have the, the player me- or the power meters here. And then they also have uh, the players meter here and they're all empty and I'm assuming it's empty as I'm reading this. Anyhow, I'm assuming they're empty because it's not out yet. So, of course, players haven't played it yet to provide a rating of their own. They cannot have an opinion. Right. So, that's sure, okay, but when will they ever have played the preview section game? So, why is it here at all? <laughs> and that was my you know, thought right. when I was initially reading it. And, of course, we will, that will change later. But, uh, yeah, when mm-hmm. I was first looking at this, I was like, why are that's weird? Why are those blank? Uh Covid Striders to be talked. I, I that is a game I played, and when we get to it, I'll have uh, plenty to say about it. But the Cobra Triangle is a. It, I've never even thought about playing. <laughs> Actually, it just it sound. It also kind of sounds like a stock military game of some kind. Like a, mm-hmm. I, I I hear that and I think like helicopter shooter. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, yeah it does not appeal to me. But it's pitched here as a water based speedboat racing game in the vein of RC Pro-Am, and it's also a rare game, so that makes a lot of sense. And that excites me a fucking lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. RC Pro-Am is fucking fantastic. And not to mention, we've you know, we said it, they're pricks, but rare makes great games. Uh, so that kind of that got me fired up for a title that, like I said, I had kind of just, every time I had seen it in my lifetime, I had just like, nope, no chance. <laughs> and they got pretty good uh, rankings on the power meter here, so... Yeah, even even more reason to think that it's it's worth our time. Yeah, I mean that's oh, so what was it like four four three and a half four? So that averages out mm-hmm. to like four four fucking three three eight three point eight seven or some shit. Something like that. Um, yeah, pretty good, pretty good rating there. So they also have the Bio Billy artwork is off the fucking wall. I think it's fucking incredible. I did a Reddit post with this and did great. The their ratings are insane. <laughs> <laughs> Power meter rating is fucking insane for that game. Uh, but again, let's, we'll talk about that when we get there, when it comes out. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle piece, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle piece has the map, has a map rather, of the water stage. And it explains they are bombs you need to deactivate, which is another testament that I never saw much of this issue or I'd have known they weren't air tanks I should save <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> and this game would have been a lot fucking easier. Um, early on when I was playing it. They also have a throwaway remark about the turtles becoming lousy swimmers since they took humanoid form. I saw that, yeah. yeah which, which I appreciated is, that. Yeah, it was a justif- justification for the ultra-shitty swimming controls of what are, are amphibious creatures. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really it didn't occur to me until they said it, so they actually probably would have been better off not saying it. But <laughs> it didn't occur to me until they said it. Like I was like, wait, these are turtles. They should be able to swim well. Yeah, they definitely can't, though. The controls underwater are dog shit, especially yeah. going through that electrified fucking, uh, not plankton, what do you call that? Uh, um, seaweed. Seaweed, yeah, electrified seaweed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the fucking, those, yeah, it's just not not good down there at all. I saw that map, uh, this this underwater map here, and it raised my blood pressure. Yeah, this <laughs> makes you shudder, yeah. It's like, it, immediately, I was like, oh, God. And that's the second level, too. Like that's Second the, level, it stopped, yeah, separates the... 
the men from the boys. the boys. Yeah, right away. Like, here's, yeah, whether or not you're actually going into this game, we'll find out right now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, level one is fun. I love the turtles. Level two is like, I'm getting a job. I hate fucking video games. Yeah, and it's, yeah, life sucked too. And that game is, you know, it's, it's, that game is, is scarce on. Jesus, dude, the, the end, man, like seven, the bombs, seven and eight. I remember disarming the eighth bomb and, accomp- and beating this level. And I, I could do it. I mean, it was hard, but like, I could do it, but. I'm actually looking at seven through eight right now, and it's just like I remember trying to do that, and it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, so bad, man. Very, very tough. Very, very tough level to be so early in the game, and I, and it, uh, that game only gets harder uh, from there. I mean, you had it, and we played the shit out of it, and I never even came close to beating that game. Despite right. we were, dude, we were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle nutcases, man. Yep. How many times have we set up that fucking? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking this is your piece. favorite story. <laughs> yeah, we every time. Yeah, we. Yeah, I don't know how many times we set up that uh, sewer play, play set of yours and did not actually play because it, we spent so much time setting it up. <laughs> right, and looking back, what's funny is we probably spent like thirty minutes setting it up. <laughs> that's a long so, time to a kid. To a kid, that's what I mean. Like your sense of time is so skewed. Yeah. Um, so, counselor's corner is after that. Yep, and. They start with two bionic commando things. Which kind of made me upset. I, I didn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I was done with bionic commando. I really thought I was done. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's, that's a big title in there in the, in the lineage, man. That's yeah, why, I know. I just why it's so important that we... But they, the, both the things there, the wall bearers at the start of stages and the Joe's machine gun bullshit, those are like big things that had me completely befuddled when we played the game. We talked about them extensively. Another example of like, fuck, if I'd have just read the goddamn issues. Right. Actually, when we pick the game this time, you should just look ahead to the next one and see what you uh, see. We should, but that, you know, the, the, but that consciously that, yes, that defies what we're doing here. Right. It does. Yeah. So. Structure is more important than enjoying life, Jeff. Technically, <laughs> the, what, May, June 1989 issue is not out, so we can't read it. Right. Well, you know, we, to circumvent that, we could uh, try to skew away from picking games on the forefront of the release patterns. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we just put off playing Bionic Commando one or two or three issues into its debut issue, our odds go up of having more information right you know? which it which is not necessarily all that define of the way one experiences nintendo in the late 80s as a child because you're not you know we're not rich they're not taking us to the store of the day yeah, you, <laughs> you do only have so many choices yeah well that was mean that you're not getting the game when it first comes out like you're you know you did, your birthday's a ways away <laughs> right yeah but the game's gonna be out these issues are gonna be out by the time you're actually given the 60 dollars to be able to purchase the game in the first place, this information is out there, you know, so we can right. make that argument too. Um, as we masturbatorily pick apart our own study, and they uh, also have shit in here for Simon's Quest, Blaster Master, Zelda 2, and Mickey Mouse Capade. Um, nothing particularly interesting in there, even for Simon's Quest. Uh, daggers, Blaster Master, how to defeat some of the fucking bosses. Um, Zelda 2, uh, where to find that hidden town uh, in that I said was kind of a farming area late in the game. So that actually was probably very helpful because that was not in that piece, the second half of the feature at the beginning of the mag. So that's nice that they dropped that in here because that's definitely something you can just wander around. I mean, they tell they, they give you a rough idea of where it is, but unless you chop down every fucking um, patch of woods in that area, 
uh, you're not going to know what you're talking about. And that's actually through a cave in like kind of a secluded area. Like you're not even, you know, you could be chopping down the woods on the other side of that cave. <laughs> for yeah, fucking you're literally ever. never going. It's not there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a nice, nice hot tip of them to include there. And we get uh, some mullets in the game console profiles. Two of four. Have and mullets. why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? But you know, we didn't get it every time, so it's nice that they give us some alts here. It's not, it's not a given as much as we would like it to be. Rich Lynn's top hobby is drag racing, and that's a pretty fucking extreme hobby, right? right. <laughs> fucking I don't know. We're drag. fucking. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, being a game counselor is pretty lucrative. <laughs> yeah, you got drag racers. What the fuck? I noticed that too. I was like, dude, I fucking well, he, he must be talking about watching drag racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to be. Uh, did not did not save uh, drag racing voyeurism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> drag racing. Uh, but yes, maybe that's that is a more logical explanation. Of but still, I mean, you should be more specific. Maybe uh, I, don't, I guess I don't say watching football. Not that football is a hobby of mine. Yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> Leave the party the way. Howard Nestor this month uh, or this issue is on the adventure of Link tip. And it ends with rampant child abuse. <laughs> the the girl, like the older, again, we couldn't really pick out what her exact, I don't know if she's Nestor's or uh, Howard's sister or Nestor's sister, I'm not sure. But the older girl who looks at least late, you know, teens, uh, 16, 17 at the youngest, given her height disparity from from. Nestor, and she wraps this little comic up here by physically dragging him out of the library by his ear, yeah. <laughs> which is no doubt child abuse. Yeah, um, there's no other way to see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've been dragged by your ear. Uh, I don't think so. No. Fucking hurts, dude. I would think there, there's a reason you start cooperating when it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. It's a very fragile uh, piece of your body. Yeah. Right. It's just the thought of it, even without having experienced it, is very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, whatever she wants. The so uh, other than that, there wasn't really much. That, I think what the tip in here. What was the tip in this? Yeah, uh, I think I actually breezed through this because I this fucking. I don't think I actually read through it. I actually missed the child abuse at the end. Um. Yeah, the tip is. Yeah, not enough to remember even. Oh, it's the bridge. It's the Bagu Bridge. Okay. It's telling you he's in the log cabin right in the middle of these woods. Here, I'll show you the way into that. So it's yeah, it's reiterating the oh right right the things on the map in <clears throat> the second half of the feature. So we go from there to classified info, and it kicks off with a grinding tactic in area one of Bionic Commando again. That also would have been really nice to know for our playthrough to get the energy levels up. So you're not getting waxed so easily. And they also do Gogol 13, Mylon Seeker Castle, Adventure Island, Operation Wolf, Spy Hunter, Xanak, Double Dragon, Zelda 2, Simon's Quest, Skater Die, Super Mario 2. And Simon's Quest has a little editor's note that states, we've seen two different endings for the game, but the agents have not found how the endings are determined yet. They then request any info readers might have on the matter. And... My thought reading that was they can't just ping Konami and get this info. Like, what? Right. <laughs> like, this is not the first time Nintendo has asked their readers uh, for like substantial help, right? Right. Like, can you write the magazine for us? 
Yeah, yeah, write the magazine and solve problems we don't want to spend the money to know. And then buy it for us. Right. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, like, well, one, engagement's good, so sure. But the, like, if you're going to have this magazine and you're going to have this element of it that is supposed to be, you know, like, the, the idea is that this is in somewhat conjunction with the phone counselors the people who are supposed to know everything and have these binders with every answer when you call in yada 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 like if you're going to have this group of people that suppose that have this expertise like you need to be working to obtain this info <laughs> right you think that that's kind of their job right you know so yeah i thought that was fun the top five comes next and the uh the top or sorry the top 30 but the top five of the top 30 uh in this issue are mario 2 zelda 2 legend of zelda punch out and contra and there's actually only three games in the entire 30 item list that i don't think necessarily belong and it's i was just finally happy to well i mean it's it's not been on there for a while but i was just i had this nightmare that i was going to see wrestling again <laughs> I was I was gonna quit, dude. I couldn't take it anymore. Like, you can't keep lying about that. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. The only ones that I didn't like on here were numbers. Oddly, they were right in a row, nineteen through twenty-one. Mylon Seeker Castle, which I played uh, earlier on when uh, appeared, and not fuck. It's again very stock action platformer. And Gogo Thirteen, which we talked about, I believe, last episode. Or and that game is a fucking. It's interesting, and they do a lot of you know interesting shit, kind of like Bayou Billy, or it's just like a bunch of game modes and shit that are interesting, but none of them are executed well. And then fucking Adventure Island, <laughs> which yeah, we, great. we can argue can argue about again. But <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty good fucking list, man. Pretty good thirty fucking li- number list here. I mean, yeah, there's some bangers on here for sure. Yeah, fucking. I, yeah, I mean, like, of course, I'm I'm joking about the wrestling thing when you only have seven games for the entire console. It's difficult to right. come up with the top five. I get it, but yeah, these are good games here. Yep, yep, yep. And the last thing in the second act of the mag is titled Power Pad Playoffs, and it is a three-game Power Pad offering feature. So uh, this I, I was out the, uh, I believe at the time, and the, the three game, the three titles they're featuring here are World Class Track Meet, Dance Aerobics, and Super Team Games. Now, World Class Track Meet is. Of course, the original Bandai release of Stadium Events that was rebranded as Nintendo's PowerPad system set pack-in title, uh, which you had. And it's basically a bunch of Olympic events. It's the 100-meter dash, the long jump, 110-meter hurdles, and the triple jump. And you are pitted against athletes that are named after animals across a spectrum of speeds. So they have turtle, bear, horse, rabbit, bobcat, and cheetah. As you might expect. As you might expect. Uh, Bobcat's kind of a strange one. Yeah, I think a horse is probably faster than the Bobcat. Maybe, yeah. I I, I don't know. I I don't don't mean necessarily from a land speed, the order of it. I just mean like Bobcat is a very, a rather obscure animal that seems an odd placement here. The rest are kind of like, yes, very commonly used and and spoken about animals to some degree or another. Um, Yeah, you had this. Mad Mike loathed it as we hammered on. I was going to say, dude, like there was no other fucking invention in human history that was more designed to more specifically annoy him (laughs) well him specifically even like yeah can you imagine like the game is you just pound on the floor (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna have a heart attack dude (laughs) yeah 
which you know we said it before so we're just revisiting the same story but yeah pounding on the fucking ground with your hands is the, is the fastest way to approach these fucking things as opposed to actually trying to get your feet to move that fast <laughs> right our our little white asses did not have the fast the fast twitch muscle fibers not necessary to achieve apparently not yeah I, you you could get to a certain degree like i think i could probably beat horse or right. maybe like you know up to the third one or whatever by running but then there just comes a point yeah again you just no, my muscles couldn't do it and like especially the the hurdle uh, event in particular because it required this like jump off you know you had to like jump off the things to initiate and carry out the hurdle and like right. the timing of it with your whole body was really difficult and like you're basically just knocking over hurdles uh, if I recall correctly a whole <laughs> yes, bunch right. which of course you know that, that impedes your time both impedes your time and gives you a penalty I think so fucking the only way to do it was to like learn the timing and then yes you stop hitting for a second with your hands and then da, 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 you know yeah. uh, so yes, not easy to do with your actual. We body. focus primarily on the sprinting. Yeah, when we used it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Even the the, the jumps and stuff were also just timing based. You'd like jump off the thing and like time the next time you would hit it. You know, so it it wasn't as if you were like. Re- I mean, you could you know they have a kid like jumping high in the fucking air here as high as he can in the in the bottom corner there, uh, to like kill. But you know the you're not actually you know it's not the same you're not actually jumping a long ways you're just jumping straight up in the air so how long are you really going to stay in the air <laughs> right know? uh so yeah the the way to really excel at these was without a doubt to cheese the fucking controller uh, but it was fun the fucking power pad was a super cool idea and like definitely you know wildly like mind-blowing to a kid you know the idea oh yeah your whole body um using your whole body to manipulate the sprites in the game was just like more than your my mind could grasp as a little kid you know sure lots of fucking fun and they i watched a playthrough of dance aerobics because of course i hadn't done it and the 80s were fucking crazy man (laughs) (laughs) the 80s were a crazy time like the the 80s aerobics craze uh is so weird man and the game you know I don't know. They have like they have her fucking the the girl you're watching in the game is like she's like in a Manhattan high rise apartment. You can see like a New York uh, what's supposed to be New York for sure skyline in the background, Empire State Building and shit. Uh, and they have her kind of in this like <laughs> what have been yeah you know, like a penthouse apartment is what it looks like <laughs> doing aerobics in one of those crazy ass eighties aerobics outfits that are skin tight. So they had skin tight shit back then. <laughs> right ninjas could have done it if they wanted to yeah ninjas could have just worn aerobic shit uh <laughs> that was a different color than than hot pink uh for you know not not for gender uh purposes or gender specific specificity purposes right. solely because you know uh covert camouflaging purposes right <laughs> hot pink does not blend in too many things indeed not um do you think the 80s were obsessed with uh aerobics because of cocaine possibly had to be because everybody's doing cocaine, so <laughs> you got to burn that energy off somehow. And fucking aerobics, you know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of very, un- very difficult to explain things about the '80s, um, fashion-wise, behavior-wise, movies, um, music, a lot. That was a crazy time, without a doubt. And I've never heard of or even seen Super Team Games, and it's also a Bandai-developed title. And, which so was world class track meet, and the it it puts players on kind of like a weird obstacle course with a bunch of really asinine events, 
uh, belly bump ball, bubble run where you're in a bubble, uh, crab walk where you have to walk sideways, etc. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we don't have a power pad to try. I would love to get one and be able to. <laughs> but the uh, uh, do you have that? Do you have your power pad for Christ's sake? No, there, no, I don't. You would know if I had that because <laughs> <laughs> that would be just too cool. <laughs> they're probably, I, I feel like I've looked them up. I should have uh, doing research, but I, they're probably, it's surprising how unexpensive some, a lot of this Nintendo shit is. Like there's just so much of it out there that even something that seemingly obscure is not as expensive as you would think. But I'm going to look it up now because I feel like this is one of those things that would cost $8 million. I disagree with you. I feel like it cost $8 million. Okay. Uh, yeah, please do look it up. The because I'm getting that. I, I fucking Ted said he was gonna send it to me when he got home. The prick hasn't sent it to me, so I'll get it for sure when I'm back for the fucking Browns game. But Browns bills. I good. got eBay Nintendo NES original power pad controller mat fair condition, fifteen dollars and fifty six cents. Cheap as fuck. I told it's you. Unbelievable. I did not <laughs> think that. <laughs> yeah, just dude. It's, it's a supply and demand, man. There's just so much of it out there. That's why Atari games, like even older, you would think thereby harder to find like but because of the number that were produced uh and the level of success it had that there's just it's just fucking everywhere there's you know there's just no demand for it because there's too much supply right uh so yeah i I imagine this involved just a bunch of the same things like jumping on and off the numbers on side b like the hurdle event you know and world-class track means what i'm guessing the control mechanics of this were um yeah i would think it's got to be right yeah that's what work yeah, but even shittier and clunkier by the looks of it. Uh, yeah, the playthrough video I looked at of it looked very, very trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, a very interesting fucking peripheral. Uh, like the first, you know, because this is they like I said they acquired it, it's a proprietary thing. It's released with systems. It's a pack-in deal. Like yeah, yeah. There's like a million wacky ass perif- peripherals that uh, even Atari had some wacky ones. But Nintendo had a ton of them because of, of how much how inundated it was into the marketplace. Uh, but the fact that like something this weird was a Nintendo release, you know, was the first time like a proprietary system release was the first time that had really happened. You know, like Zapper uh, is as crazy as it got before this, and right. not that crazy. And like we said, it wasn't even as they those had a light gun that light gun technology had been around for a while so it wasn't even it wasn't nearly as it was the first time we had seen it really um because it came into our homes and was a pack-in for the nintendo entertainment system but the actual technology had been around for a while like this power pad idea was a new idea that they Mm -hmm. start packaging and selling uh in abundance and that that was a really cool forward-thinking step that nintendo took you know yeah for sure i feel like you didn't see as many uh, like I feel like Nintendo, in particular, especially was like they did a lot of this early like experimentation with like different ways to like utilize the game system and like different ways to control and like ways to enjoy the the system. And then once they realized most of that shit doesn't actually work, you know, the the, the systems like you didn't see a lot of this from like PlayStation or Nintendo sixty four. I mean, I guess some a little bit in some ways, but Nintendo original Nintendo NES seemed to be doing this the most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, initially, I mean, yeah, like you said, there wasn't a ton of support for it. Initially, it was, you know, the inclusion of the light zapper, we've said a million times, and it's fucking, uh, you know, beaten, beaten to death. But, you know, they were trying to sell a toy, not a game system, because of where the game 
industry was at. So like that, the light gun was the, that had that purpose, but the power pad was not around initially, you know? So like, even after that need had died and Nintendo was successful at this point, like they, the idea that they tried to create something that was, yes, a more, you know, tangibly engaging part of the Nintendo experience uh, was, it was, you know, uh, a genuine attempt to do something new, not just come up with an idea to sell shit. It does also almost seem like they were like preempting the argument that like, this is just like mindless, like, you know, brain rot video games. You're staring at a screen. They're like, no, no, look, you use your body. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just the existence. You know, like, there's the other shit that you do. So, yeah. and, and, it, and it is, it is not, yeah, it is, it is, look, it can get you up and actually make you healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that right. you're using a gun. There's dexterity, hand-eye yeah. coordination. Like, Especially for the kids, you know? Yeah. Um, the, obviously dance aerobics isn't probably necessarily geared towards children as much. Uh, as some of the other titles for PowerPad, but um, yeah, very interesting, very forward thinking. That was Hudson's Adventure Island, Area One, Round Two theme uh bringing us back to video shorts yep uh leads leading off the third segment as it does in all these nintendo power issues and they s- get us off here with uh california games uh the not an actual game taboo six cents and new bunga's ambition desert commander airwolf and flying dragon uh titles that are all hitting over the summer so not out yet but uh desert commander i've never heard of but it looks like a military strategy game, like almost real-time military strategy, if not close to where you're just jockeying numbers around uh, as a high-ranking general, you know, which is kind of civilization E. And that was, again, that, that sounds to me like a fucking some sort of stock shooter that I just never even looked at. <laughs> right, you know? it wouldn't occur to you. And it's interesting that they have it uh, back-to-back with uh, Nubunga's Ambition. Right, which is exactly that. And yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, and that is a game, and we I'm renting that a bunch of times, and that is... We also had that on Game Boy. I don't know if it was yours or mine, I can't recall, but... I think it was yours, because I think you were the Nubunga's Ambition guy. Yeah, I definitely... Even though I, I never really got good at it or understood it, but I knew I should like it because I knew it was an intelligent game. <laughs> yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Like, I remember watching you play that, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to be good at that game. And then I saw it in this magazine, no joke, when I started reading it, and I was like, oh, my God, I still want to be good at that game. Yeah, uh, yeah and that was, I mean, that was, you know, that, that stemmed from PC releases. That was, like, a big game line back then. It's yeah, like, just like talking history and, like, yeah. fucking, uh, like, Civilization-y style numbers games. Feastums, like dude. Yeah. The word fiefdom. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, they're called. Yeah, they're called fiefs. 16th century feudal Japan daimyos. Yeah, I'm yep. in, dude. All those words are used in the game. Yeah, it does, it's definitely a history lesson minded game for sure. If you're not, you know that. Yeah, because that you know that's the. Unless you're like a really, really fucking going to some fucking highfalutin school or something, you're, that's going to be your first exposure to yeah. Any of Japanese history, really? It probably was honestly my first. Right. Not that I got anything out of it, but like, you know, that's where I learned the word daimyo, for instance. So, yep. yep, very interesting, but not out yet. So we'll talk about it later. And the games that are out in this section are Map- Mappy Land and Predator, which are April releases. 
And Mappyland is a Tax and Namco collaboration, and it looks like a cutesy action platformer. So I was not excited. And even Nintendo Power's Power Meter only has it at, uh, I did the math uh, of the numbers, and 52.5% is basically what they're suggesting it is. So that's never a good rating. (laughs) Game ratings usually start at half. (laughs) This is less than ideal. (laughs) Uh, But I did fire it up anyhow. Um, Don't judge a book by its cover, man. It is cutesy, and you'd need an instruction manual perusal to figure out all the nuances. There's some weird shit in it. But there are really interesting mechanics uh, in it that... so. Um, it's definitely, yeah, more than just your jumping and shooting shit, like your stock platformer. There's a, there's a trampoline aspect that you have to use a lot to get to the, like, there's three or four different, uh, platform heights in, at least in these first stages that I was playing. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure I got through the first one. It was definitely a difficult game, but the, yeah, you have to use these trampolines that are everywhere to, you know, kind of, it's almost a city connection-y, if you remember that. Uh, where you're kind of like you have to there's too many enemies really to deal with and you need to learn to avoid them you know you can't get away right yeah you you can't engage every enemy like so many other games where you just kill everything or burger tiny even kind of is also a similar similar title i think so yeah you have you have this trampoline aspect where you use and you you get the guy jumps and you can move over and kind of get out of the trampoline uh updraft whenever you want to go on to whatever level you want to go through the next area for or on rather and it also has kind of this this zip line it's like one of the ways you can kill enemies is to use the zip line deal that it will be like it will be so like between each trampoline yes you'll have kind of the, the stack of platforms that you're going through to get to the next trampoline that you have to use and they seem to be at the ends of those areas right before the next trampoline. And if you use the zip line, it'll like whoosh you back to the beginning of that area right after the last trampoline. And while you're zip lining, it will kill all the enemies hmm. that are like b- coming up behind you. So it's kind of same deal kind of as in burger team where you'll kind of like bait as many enemies as you can and then use that cooking spray shit uh, to kill them because you know, you have a very limited use of or number of times that you, you can attack, you know what right. I mean? Right, right, right. So yeah, it, you know, just more uh, more strategy to it than than you get with with most action platformers, which, of course, is nice, you know, compared to just the stock deal you get with so many of them. Right. Yeah, so, I yeah. don't have any experience with this game, but as I was reading the uh, as I was reading this little thing about it here, uh, I saw the words Gucci Gang, you know, capitalized <laughs> properly, um, and I thought that sounded like just like the worst group of like rich women that would like go out to like clubs and bars in like a big city or something they refer to themselves like they probably hashtag themselves on instagram as like yeah. gang. Gucci gang, and sure. it just made me want to cry well I, we could probably look it up on, on instagram right now i'm Please sure don't. that is an existing hashtag for almost certain <laughs> it's got to be but please don't do that to me yeah. uh and then the other one's predator and this is a clon and activision collaboration released by activision and the power meter says 70 percent, so that's not terrible the I did fire it up, and it starts with one of those uh, insane Rambo reminiscent full screen legalese. Okay, right. So Where they cover all the bases. Yeah, uh, which is you know extreme. Not surprising considering it's a fucking Schwarzenegger movie, but uh, still worth noting, I thought. And then it rips into one of the best title sequences I have ever seen on NES, dude. <laughs> like the title fucking the title animation sequence is fucking incredible in this game. Uh, I ripped it. 
and made a video and uploaded it to the Reddit thing, crushed it on Reddit. It's on our Facebook page. Uh, I'll drop the link to that in the show notes, of course. And yeah, it's if you haven't seen it, Google it or find the video I made. It's fucking great. Like the, there's like a, a huge alien craft kind of near, comes from the top of the screen and, and nears Earth. Uh, kind of coming down to the screen. They're both dynamically moving. Neither one is, is static, and they they it kind of like comes down as it's almost like almost an orbital movement pattern that Earth is in, and Earth is spinning on top of it. So like mm. Earth is rotating and moving in an or- orbit uh, in an orbit kind of pattern as the ship is coming down. Uh, so there's like a ton of dynamic movement to it, and then the ship comes to a rest a little bit and. Uh, a small shuttlecraft shoots out of the ship and down to Earth, you know? So yeah, just, I'm watching what? it right now, actually. Yes, yeah, fucking really good. And then you get a, a full-screen Arnold rendition comes on, uh, comes up, and uh, it's not terribly dissimilar, dissimilar from the box art of him kind of shooting directly into the POV. And the title treatment comes up below that with the, the subtitle, Soon the Hunt Will Begin, which is the subtitle of the game, which is a very fucking badass sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the music is off the fucking wall good. not sure i could say there's i've seen a better one like it, it might be the best title sequence on the nes i think mm-hmm. um really I, yeah i mean it's it's fun it's the 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 rendition of uh fucking schwarzenegger is and and, and actually for that matter the predator oh, predator spot on great. spot on yeah spot on and they also so you start the game click you know uh after the title screen you hit start and it, it does a little slideshow for you too giving you uh, basically, the storyline explaining Predator's plot up to the point where Arnold goes mano a mano with a Predator. So, like, the other soldiers, you know, explains the other soldiers died and only whatever his name is, whatever Arnold's name is in the movie is left. And it's just him going head to head with the, the Predator. And um, for all the visual impressive shit going on with that title screen and then the slideshow, the sprite of Arnold in the game is absolutely fucking atrocious. He's like wearing <laughs> what looks like pink tights in all honesty, uh, which again, not, I mean, I understand like this is another instance where because of the limited color palette of the NES and the fact that you're in a jungle, he can't wear camouflage. <laughs> right, because the, the point of camouflage, of course, is to not see. You right, wouldn't so, be able to see your sprite. Yeah, so it's not. It doesn't it inherently. The nature of the game limits the practicality of what he's wearing. But it's still. It just even even uh, color aside, it just looks terrible. His face is like there's no nothing. Like it looks like he has a blank head, <laughs> like a little <laughs> white blank head. Huh. Uh, the music here. The I mean they. I played the first two stages. It's not an easy game, but I, I got to the into the first, the second stage at least, and they, the music is fucking fantastic in both, and they, they, it was two different tracks, and 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 what I mean, it's just two jungle stages. Like I think I want to say it's kind of like we said for Hudson's Island, like you know, fucking area one, round two, or whatever. It's it's like the second half of of the jungle, and you get a different song that's fucking great even going from those two jungle okay. stages. You know? So that's more more uh, options than you get with, with music in a lot of games. We've talked about many of these fuckers where it's just the same damn track. <laughs> right. <laughs> the whole game, let alone uh, the same subset of levels. So 
that's impressive as well. Uh, the controls are a little wonky. The jump mechanic has a weird inertia to it that kind of fucking sucks. And it has that thing going on where, and I probably will do a bad job of explaining this, but you, like you can't shoot like when you jump on a from a platform below another platform, you can't shoot as you're jumping a low to the ground enemy on the higher platform. You know what I mean? Like you have to jump all the way up to that platform and kneel down and then shoot it. Well, not oh, okay. like, like you have like tiers that your bullets go through. It's not just a, you know, infinite number of um, lines that your bullet could go across. Basically uh, there's like very defined tracks that you're, you can shoot in and it, limits your ability to shoot an enemy on the next level as you're jumping up to it. You have to get all the way up there and, of course, put yourself at risk, if it's close to you, to crouch down and shoot the fucker before it gets to you, you know? And right. That's like a very nuanced little control thing that I fucking hate when I when I, when I when that happens to you, you know, or when in games like that. Right, there's other games that didn't do that. Yeah. You know, like, I'd just like to see... And, and it's objectively better. Like, there's no debating it, so why right. wouldn't everyone do it? Yep. Uh, well, because it takes more time to develop that. That's why. But I know that. But I know <laughs> yeah, uh, there is something here, man. I mean, it it surprised me uh, because I felt like I had played this as a kid and it absolutely fucking blew. Uh, but there is, you know, that could just be a jumbled amalgamation of film license titles from our childhood. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just being yeah. grouped together in my head as opposed to actually having played this game. Right. Uh, I don't think screen, I ever played it. Yeah, the title screen did look pretty unfamiliar to me. Um, not to mention the movie is fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, That's a great movie, yeah. Yeah, I gotta hunt that down and watch that baby. I haven't seen that in a while. I, I own it on DVD, thank you. Do you really? That is a oh, great movie. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the cast is fucking great. It's got fucking Carl Weathers. Uh, Carl dude. Weathers is actually more fucking jacked than uh, Schwarzenegger in that movie, man. He is jacked. Carl Weathers is fucking jacked dude, dude. Haven't you ever seen Rocky Three? <laughs> no, I never saw that. Why don't you tell me about it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, dude, Carl Weathers is great. Uh, dude, I think his name is maybe Duke Johnson. Is the other like kind of older, somewhat older black guy. Or he, he's not even necessarily older. He just he has like an older look to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in it. And fucking obviously the governor fucking body Ventura is in it. Like that's, course, just, that's, that's it, yeah. It's just a who's who of 80s fucking... Uh, second tier action movie people you know yeah and the movie uh, itself is just so shameless yeah like it's a fucking action movie and you hang on tight <laughs> yeah it's great man yeah 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 the yeah the one of the uh yeah i posted the the video uh like i said i read it and one of the responses was a youtube link to a clip from the movie that i uh like when i think of shit from the movie i think of like arnold in the mud hiding from him you know that's like mm-hmm. a very uh iconic image from the movie where all you see is his eyes and shit uh but uh i had forgotten this where it's a clip where he's up in the tree and he just yells (laughs) he's got like a fucking torch in his hand he's shirtless i believe and he just yells from a tree branch (laughs) into the jungle oh yeah that's like (laughs) as he's prepping like the final traps and oh exactly yeah yeah right yeah fucking so good uh so just yeah just like um I don't know, aimless, aimless testosterone. <laughs> so right. It's like what to call that, you know? It's, uh, fucking, it's a great fucking movie. Great, great, great. So yeah, I think there's fucking something there with this game. So I believe it's hard as fuck probably. But, uh, and also I feel like uh, the response again to it that it generated on Reddit was, was one where like people were like, fuck this game. <laughs> like, <Right>. like <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about it, but fuck this game. Uh, like, kind of I'm glad you had idea. fun with this, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like it's like the same response to a ninja gaiden thing you know like fucking lot lot to like but so hard it's gonna kill you uh really beat you down so after video shorts we get into the journal and the first story kind of blew my goddamn mind um it is about a new line of games nintendo unveiled on the 1st of April called the AFD line that focuses on activities of everyday life, unlike the currently popular fantasy quests and action games, uh, is how they put it in the article. They cite one called Muttroid, where you are taught how to give a dog a bath of its toenails, train it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, another that is a ninja training simulator. So, you know, these are kind of like... A little First bit. You go out and get some baggy clothes. Yeah, yeah. Piggybacking off otherwise popular games to some degree or another in those titles, I guess. Uh, so I read through this whole piece genuinely thinking, how in the fuck did this completely fly under my radar, man? Uh, like these games, you know, and I kind of like, uh, you know, like that personal organizer thing on, you know, I, I like like really mundane. Uh, kind of almost Simsy type things. Like I played the shit out of Sims when it first came out. Sure. Uh, the Sims when it first came out in the late '90s, man. That's like my freshman year of college. Fuck, it's all I did was play Sims. And uh, yeah, it's just funny to me. Uh, so it's odd to me that it flew into my radar. And then I got to the last line, and uh-huh. they explained that the AFD AFD abbreviation stands for April Fool's Day. yeah uh so and they actually it's funny too because they opened the article with on april 1st 1989 which is not necessary information no yeah it is not not for this piece not necessarily but it tells you everything you need to know but yeah these fuckers got me hook line and singer on this shit (laughs) (laughs) like i felt so. i was was reading through it and i was just like there's no fucking way like this is bullshit like but you know it's only a page long so i'll read it and then maybe i'll google it and yeah fucking bullshit <laughs> right 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 uh yeah got me fucking I, I felt so used so hats off to howie and company because they got yeah me. you really thought you had your uh second coming of the game boy daily organizer yeah the uh yeah there's a no that's there's there's a there's a i think it's called little house or like little it's basically like a it's, it's kind of mind-blowing actually it's it's a sims precursor idea david crane made it uh so that's why I learned about it. Um, it's called Little People or Little House or some shit like that. It is like a really early, like Apple II level Commodore 64, I think, uh, game. That it, yeah, I mean, it's like Sims, dude. You the game starts, you walk into a house, and you just do shit. You just live your life. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like super crude and slow, and like. Of course. Basically- Feed the goldfish and like whatever the dumbest of shit. Like yeah, yeah, your guy walks in with a suitcase. He's like he's moved in now and now he's got to live his life. And like that's right. the whole fucking game. You never leave the house. And like you know, I it when when it, he told me that that existed on the Commodore sixty four at that level so far before you know graphics that could really support that that type of game. I was just like holy shit, man. Like first of all, how have I played Sims this much and not known about that? Like <laughs> it's like a direct ripoff constantly. Right. That's what it sounds uh, like, right? right? So fucking, yeah. That uh, Those games did exist back then, and that's all I could think of as I was reading it. I was like, holy shit. It's like another little people game. Right. Uh, or little house, little people. Little people in a little house or some shit like that. Little people. I, I knew what you meant. <laughs> right. Uh, so then the celebrity profile in this issue is Shalane McCall, who I'd never heard of. Have you ever heard of Shalane McCall? Um, how many actors do you think I can name? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> in that 
uh, I don't know, strategy wouldn't get you far here. She was a lead for six seasons on a primetime soap called Dallas that I vaguely remember. I think they've even done a reboot for recently, but it was surely a total piece of shit. I feel like it's something my grandmother watched. Uh, Yeah, it's like a primetime soap opera, like hour long, like really bad drama. Uh, with brain tumors and what have you, rich like a rich, you know, two rich families in some small town. Where that so many of the soaps are nothing more than that. There's like a couple rich families like battling over minutia. <laughs> right, <laughs> stupid oh God. What every soap opera is. Uh, so they, she she also did a small co- like started googling around trying to figure out who this uh, who she was, and she did a small co-star on an episode of the family sitcom Silver Spoons, which was still in syndication after school when we were kids. Uh, but it would likely be tough to track down anything about it these days. Maybe some, you know, some obscure YouTube clips or something. But I assume, you know, does that name mean anything to you at all, Silver Spoons? Absolutely nothing. Uh, it was it was like some little rich kid that, yeah, he was like the, a kid of a rich family. And like, I think the idea was silver, like, you know, silver, like born with a silver spoon in your mouth. The kind proverbial of thing. Yeah. silver so, spoon, right? So she did uh, one little co-star on an episode of that, and that was pretty much her whole career. Uh, mm. The article says, in, here in the article, it says that she had recently left Dallas, uh, as if it was on her own volition, to focus <laughs> on her modeling modeling career, which that's not the way the flowchart usually works. Like, you don't, you know, you model... To, to get the acting roles. Right, yeah, you know. Uh, that's, yeah, not usually the trajectory of it all so that was kind of fishy to me <laughs> uh, i thought and then a quick imdb says she married her boyfriend at age 17 yikes <laughs> in 1989 and left showbiz altogether so not basically right around this come up came up is when she 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 left showbiz altogether mm-hmm. um so she grew up uh grew up in and around la and suggests that she had a or rather, it says that she has a fairly privileged circle of friends here in the article. It's like fucking the son of Steven Tyler or some shit. Or, so yeah, Steven Dorff is her friend. And then uh, the kid of Frank Zappa. And, like, you know, a bunch of like rich entertainment kids, basically. So, you know, part of that could be like she was on Six Seasons of Dallas. I'm sure she made some money doing that. Uh, by the time you're getting into six seasons, you've done your contract re-up and you're fucking like able to negotiate with a little bit of leverage and make some money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, you know, her family, even if they weren't rich before the show, she probably had some dough now. Uh, but either way, it implied that she had a rather privileged background to some degree or another. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe that has something to do with why she left the business <laughs> you know sure. uh, i i found the name dropping uh unbecoming <laughs> yeah Let's well, say. And i also found a typo it says that she listens to her favorite music groups such as the smith youtube <laughs> jane's addiction yeah no idea who the smith is. <laughs> you you might know who the smiths are but not right. the smith right and, and, then, and you know you can't fact check this as a as the dickhead doing the article uh on google the way you could today and go oh she means you know Right. She's just—they're they, literally listening to a tape recorder of this interview as right. how this was. Made. You know, think about that. Jotting down notes, right? Yeah. <laughs> she said the Smith. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. I've never heard of him. Uh, She—it says in here that she got into Nintendo after participating in that Mario-a-thon with Jason Bateman. That we. Oh shit! Mentioned Jason Bateman, but that is the one that we saw 
some issues back, I feel. She didn't name drop Jason Bateman because she named <laughs> yeah. everyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's shocking, yeah. She must not have become friends. He must not have. Jason, the Bateman family, like, there were siblings that were accomplished uh, on TV shows. They didn't have to deal with this small-time, one-show family. <laughs> who, went on to, who went on to pursue her passion of uh, modeling after she acted. So, yeah, Bateman was above that. I, I couldn't find, like, there was literally just nothing about her, you know. Like, that's... I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Yeah, good for her because that seems like a fucking terrible industry to work in. Oh uh, yeah, especially like that age, probably super fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I, well, she ended up getting married at seventeen, so her brain was probably a little fucked up. Right. I was able to find shit about her husband. He owns. He like musician turned entrepreneur that started like they have. It's a website that sells like um, music, musician-minded accessories and shit. Like not actual music instrument accessories like bags and hats and shit that a musician might want to wear you know um just like a very specific and somewhat obscure did it mention how old her husband was when she married him yeah it did not know and i I wasn't able to find like how much older he was but probably old fucking 18 at least (laughs) right I mean, 18 is honestly the best answer (laughs) yeah well yeah someone you would think someone had to be of age in that arrangement. Uh, right. So he had to be at least eight. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I might not want to know the answer. I'll put it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, dude, modeling is a. It's a scuzzy in this. Well, I, I can't speak from from experience, but I'm fucking around a little bit of that shit in New York, which would have been like the mid two thousands, mid to late two thousands. It's like a filthy ass industry even then. So fucking in the late eighties, probably there was you could fuck. There was probably crazy shit happening. Yeah, fuck Especially that. Dude. With a young fucking underage girl who's attractive, like oh my god, I can't. We know how the story goes. Everyone knows the story. Yep. So that's super fun and depressing, uh, a celebrity <laughs> profile. And then they, they, they follow that up with a new section or a new thing uh, they're calling the Out of Sight page. Uh, and it is a visual puzzle game deal. So a lot of – I remember these – I remember – do you remember Highlights Magazine? I think we, maybe we've talked about that on here before. No, I don't. Highlights Magazine was a, it was a children's magazine with a lot of – there were articles they interviewed – people also that might have been of interest to kids and um, also had like a lot of little dumb it was like meant for really young children like five six seven age you know and, th- and these games are were in those a lot like those kind of the second one in particular I remember it was every issue I think boys life maybe had one of these two that that Boy Scouts magazine uh, but yeah basically where they hide uh, it's like a, a like a really busy illustration I guess. And then within the illustration, because it's so busy, they're able to hide objects that you have to find in the busy illustration and hunt them down. It's kind of like a visual uh, hunt puzzle. And the, the one before that is where they have the, also an, a, another similar kids game like this from the time where they have two images next to each other. And there are a number of subtle differences. And you have to find the differences between the two photos, or the two illustrations, you know, so these were fun as a kid so it's cool i think maybe that they added these kids were probably into them uh, i feel like this did not last though i don't i don't remember seeing this by the time i got them so this must not have stuck around i don't think uh, but fun idea to give the kids some interactive shit in it and they go from that to actually first of all i found all six differences and all seven hidden creatures jab how big Ooh. is your dick uh it's only four differences <laughs> big uh, i was only able to find four i found uh let me find my 
Let me see. Let me get out the paper here. <laughs> you actually did it and wrote it down. That's hilarious. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> the paper's right here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I got the uh, the bag letter is different. The upside-down cross. The centipede has uh, more legs in the new picture, and uh, which I thought is kind of bullshit. And then I found one even more bullshit. The tr- one of the tree branches is different. The P and the R? Mm-hmm. You didn't, you, did you say that one first? Did I miss yeah, it? I saw it. that was the very first one I saw. Oh, sorry, I missed it. Upside down cross, different legs on the critter, and different tree branch. I didn't find the other two. Obviously, I gave up pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I trust that I could have, but I just, you know. You could have stuck with it. I got things to do, man. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and it's actually totally fair because here on the next page, you're being tantalized by the Nintendo Power Award, the 1988 Nintendo Power Awards. And uh, it'd be hard to focus on virtually anything else with that looming as a piece in this in this magazine. So these are, you know, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's kind of their iteration of, uh, or play rather, on the Oscars. And um, I say we cast ballots right here and now and see how our picks fare down the line when the results of this prestigious uh, awards, whatever, uh, are, are released in a future uh, magazine episode or magazine. Right. Rather. I think I could probably do that. Okay. So the, they, uh, it's kind of funny too. They just introduced the power meter because the first four categories of this are literally ripped straight from that power meter. So mm-hmm. the first four categories are best graphics and sound, best challenge, best theme slash fun and best play control. So, I guess let's go ahead and start with best graphics and sound. The nominees are <laughs> Double Dragon, Simon's Quest, Metroid, Blaster Master, and Wizards and Warriors. What is your nominee, Jab? So for best graphics and sound, I don't think it's actually much of a debate. Castlevania has the best music and graphics in that situation. Yep. I also nominated Simon's Quest, I think. <laughs> so we are aligned there. The best challenge, the nominees are The Legend of Zelda, Hudson's Adventure Island, Solomon's Key, Bionic Commando, and Castlevania 1. This one was interesting because a shitty game could be more challenging than a good game. Sure. Like, yeah. Not that Bionic, Bionic Commando is necessarily shitty, but like you can't jump. That makes it kind of fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but if I had to go with an actual answer... Uh, uh, and having never played Solomon's Key, uh, I'd probably go with Legend of Zelda because you can get lost. You know, you, you cannot find shit, and then you're just kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, my th- I'm thinking, how the fuck is Punch-Out not on here, first of Ooh, all? Good point, yeah. But uh, within the limitations of the nominees themselves, I also probably would take Legend of Zelda. So, Although that, that the argument you make with Bionic Commando, because like the heightened level of like a mechanic you're not accustomed to, Right, uh, and you see so it's nowhere else, let alone fewer other places. Is, is yeah, it? you see what I'm saying? Like you, you could have a bad game, and like that's really challenging because it's bad. Yeah, maybe you know I'll actually, I'll I'll go to Bionic Commando. I think. Ooh, okay, just to be I'll different. Sh- I'll change my vote. Yeah, just for the sake of. Uh, so next is best theme slash fun, and I guess I'll go first instead of. Yeah, I'll let you lead off. Yeah, and the nominees here, they give us six for this one. It is Super Mario Brothers 2, Zelda 2, Gogo 13, uh, which of these things don't belong, <laughs> Bionic Commando, <laughs> Simon's Quest, and Blaster Master. It's funny because they included an extra like candidate 
So right, everybody yeah. else is just A through E, and then they threw in A through F, and then go goal 13. Like, well, it's not that, so. <laughs> yeah, like, uh. You could have gotten away with A through E. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. If you say best theme, if, you, if it was not best, if, if fun was not on there. I right, because Gogol maybe... 13 actually is an interesting concept. Yeah, the you know, it the, seemed the, cool. The, yeah, the the fucking uh, James Bond spy thing is a cool theme. Yeah, but... the jet setting spy. Right, but the fun itself was not there. I didn't feel. Um, so, what did you pick? Yeah, if not uh, I also would go Simon's Quest here. I I just love you know the Transylvanian deal going on there with Dracula and shit is, is, is both really cool in general. It's dark. I like dark shit. And this also the execution of it, I think is very well done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue against, uh, it's hard to argue against like a fantasy setting, uh, for somebody like me and you. Um, so I, I'm inclined to say Simon's quest, but don't sleep on super Mario too. That's a fun ass game. And like, it's that weird, like, yeah. Uh, that weird like setting that you're in where it's like a play almost, which I think is, the theory is like all Mario games like that. It's right. like a play that's being put on and like you can go behind the fucking scenes and it's like that dark world where things are different. I think that is fun. So I'm going to go with Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, actually, you know, I, 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 I can, that's a very good argument. If you factor in the fun component of it, like Simon's Quest is not anywhere near as much fun as Mario right. 2. Just like if you're, Mario 2 is the it's only one. It's a bit one of a grind I, at a point, you know? Exactly, like, yeah, for sure, yeah. Not yeah. that it's not good. I mean, it's legendary for a reason, but yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good... Mario 2 is good old-fashioned fun. Good counter-argument. Yeah, it's tough. They, they really complicate it by having that combined like that, the best theme and fun together. They're, you know, not... They're not closely aligned enough, I don't think, as concepts. As concepts, right. Like, it'd be like, the what are the best graphics and most fun game? It's honestly, yeah, it's kind of the same. Yeah. So the next one is best play control. And here we get the nominees are Mario Brothers 2, Metroid, Castlevania, Blades of Steel, and Blaster Master. Mm-hmm. Those are all... Uh, I don't have any arguments against them, any of them being good. I would say Metroid is probably the shittiest of those controls. Castlevania is also a little clunky. The steps are kind of weird in Castlevania, uh, yeah, even, yeah, that, yeah. even that first one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Blades of Steel, we talked about the controls being really relatively good on that. Uh, Blaster Master is also really... Like, your control of that tank is kind of impre- like really impressive, actually, uh, how, how much control and how little uh, inertia bullshit you get with... Um, what they could have, you know, made very... It's a tank. It's fucking heavy. It can move... They could have designed it in a punitive way. Yeah. It's not, though. It's like super dexterous um, uh, controls with that. So, yeah, right. I mean, this, is, this is definitely a, a tricky one, I think. Like, yeah, so, close. What, so what do you got? I think I would choose Blaster... Or, no, check that. Blaster Master is close, but Mario 2, I think, is maybe... The uh, the one I yeah I think I'd have to take Mario two out of out of the group like by like but Last Mather is super fucking close but uh, the the you know you're first of all you have the different they made you have four characters so each one has its own kind of control mechanic and none of them suffer you know and we talk so much about the diversification in these games often leads to shitty implementation you know when when there's not a folk a, a laser focus 
on something or a type of thing within a game, you often get kind of just a shitty version of all the different things they try to do. Uh, whereas Super Mario 2 has like four com- relatively, com- almost completely different, I would say. I mean, Mario and Toad are kind of similar. You know, the whole thing is Toad can pull shit up a little faster. But, um, you know, Luigi has that fucking kicking thing that makes him floaty. Uh, the princess has the floating thing that's like a completely different kind of float. Uh, and the and yeah, there's just so much variance and they're all really well done. You know, you never yeah. there's you're never in that game going, you know, bitching at your fucking controller because shit didn't work out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I was I mean, I was actually gonna say all the exact same shit. I was gonna pick Mario too and say all that shit and just trying to come up with something else that I can say about it. Um, on top of all those things that you listed, it also controls like a Mario game which is to say, very good. Right. Like your, your sprite goes where you want it to. You can get it there. It's reasonable. Um, again, if, if, if you're having an issue in that game, it's not because of the controls. It's because you're not good enough yet. Yep. So yeah. I would definitely go with Mario 2 there as well. Yeah, I can never bitch about it for sure. Next one is best character. And this one, they, have a, they had a hard time narrowing it down, apparently. So there's a shit ton of nominees, 10 of them. There is Link, Mega Man, Samus, 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 Mario, Duke, Togo, which is the Gogo 13 guy, which, uh, uh, yeah, he's like really nothing, like no personality to it at all. I don't feel this could have been a through I. Yeah. And Simon Belmont, which is a, a good nominee. Commando Joe from Bionic Commando. Kuros from Wizards and Warriors. Our boy. And, yeah, Jason from Blaster Master, which also, like, I've talked, like, that game is good, but I think the character and the story is kind of weak, so I think Jason kind of sucks there. But mm-hmm. the, and then we get Master Higgins, creepy-ass Master Higgins from Hudson's right. Adventure Island. Well, I pick Master Higgins. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> no, not actually. <laughs> um, I think here I would go with uh, F, Simon Belmont, and the only reason I'm doing that really is because... His character in the uh, miniseries, that Netflix miniseries I've been telling you to watch, um, he's a pretty cool character in there. He's like a depressed, alcoholic, badass. Um, that's not a cool character, listeners. You should never try to be like that. <laughs> but it makes for an interesting story to observe. I don't want to be him, but it is interesting to see him. So, And he's got a whip and he kills vampires. That's And it's fantastical. So I'm going with uh, the Belmont. Yeah, I would love to fucking stray from what you're choosing, but Simon Belmont is definitely the most interesting, and I don't even have that uh, that modern uh, ex- expounding upon his character. I just think he has the most going on, and like the whole thing is, you know, he's uh, those games. He's like, he's like uh, Simon's Quest. He's like poisoned, and he's trying to fucking get. He's trying to cure himself, you know. Yeah, he's like right. in a, he's in a very disadvantage. He's a, he's at a very big disadvantage, so he's overcoming more than most of these other characters are. Kind of like heroes without without a fail to them, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, Though Kuros does have to deal with bouncers, and no one likes that. <laughs> yeah, that's tough for sure. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, if anyone's equipped, that guy on the cover of uh, Wizards and Warriors key art is equipped to deal with just about any physically imposing situation. <laughs> right. If, if you put me in his gear, I could fuck any bouncer's day up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go sign Belmont, too, so we're fucking on the same page there. Belmont. And then we get best ending. 
And best ending has five nominees, and it's Super Mario 2, Castlevania 1, Zelda 2, Blaster Master, and Bionic Commando. Um, this one's a, it's a little it's tough because I've only beat two of them. I've not beat any of them. Right, yeah, I was thinking we would have a little bit of an uh, uninformed position on these. but I so, yeah. think I know how Mario 2 ends. I think I can picture the ending for some reason. Um, so that's the only one I have any reference on. I think my answer here has to be uh, NA, not applicable. Okay. So responsible of you to most people just check a box. That's, that's, my, that's one of my biggest problems with the democratic uh, uh, machine is that you know, I think people are making decisions about things that are, they're uninformed about. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, a ranked choice voting system would help with that. Um, <laughs> but not to get into that. Um, yeah, I, I take the uh, process very seriously, and uh, I wouldn't want to contaminate the data with bullshit <laughs> data. So, yeah, not going to do that. Okay, yeah, I have beat two of them, Zelda 2 and Bionic Commando. Uh, so I also kind of feel like I should abstain because I don't have knowledge of the other three. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would say Bionic Commando out of the two that I, um, uh, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I don't don't mean to interrupt you, but now that I think about it in Bionic Commando, you, you know, you you shoot Hitler in the face of the rocket. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I got to go with Bionic Commando actually. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I chose as well. So we'll go with Bionic Commando. And the next category is best player versus player, the head-to-head deal. And I kind of feel like we as pod- I, I feel like as a podcast, we are kind of uh, predisposed here because yeah, of- this is kind of a no-brainer, and, and it's also a good answer. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I genuinely think it is the best answer, but it is funny that it's the one that we've gotten into that we uh, played, viewed, and were able to play together. Yep. 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 Which, yeah. for the listeners not keeping up with us, it's uh, Blades of Steel. <laughs> Blades of Steel, yeah. Uh, yeah, pro wrestling, definitely. Uh, I, I say, like, it's not as bad as, as I thought it might be when I played it, but I can't imagine that head-to-head is that great. Double Dribble is a very limited basketball game. Uh, I don't know if I've ever played anyone head-to-head in it, but I know just the gameplay is very obtuse. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, like, fucking... It's not, it shouldn't even fucking be on here. <laughs> I can watch Wheel of Fortune, but like, I'm not fucking playing it. It's not, well, it's not, it's just not even, it's not, you're not, like, head, like, just a nature. And they don't call it head to head, but it should be called head to head. Like, the whole, it's not actual battle. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, there's, there, there's like a, there's like a, a one two- of these things doesn't belong, once again. Well, I just mean, like, like the nature of the, of the um, of the competitiveness of it is is has a a third there's like a I don't know like a thick wall of something between the competitiveness of it you know what I mean mm-hmm. in that you're answering questions and it's not necessarily directly versus a player you're more it's two people against a computer not two people against each other you know what I was gonna say was you can both lose right exactly that's a great yeah that's a great way to put it yes right. <clears throat> much simpler when the base is loaded uh it probably base is loaded probably i maybe not haven't i never played that against someone either base is loaded two i have but um base is loaded one i haven't but that's i would guess that's probably uh, a close second runner-up i would say because that game was good when i filled with it so we are both on blades of steel there and overall is the last category best game and we also get uh which i think is very progressive of them too or not progressive but uh 
ahead of the times, maybe I'm not necessarily a fan of it, but only very recently did the Academy Awards begin. They expanded their best picture category. It used to only have, I believe, five nominees or six nominees or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they just very recently within the last, it's probably been a while now because time flies, but at least within the last decade, if not less, they have changed it to, they've doubled the number of, of nominees to allow more, more possibility. Um, because obviously you can't get you can't win if you're not even nominated, <laughs> right? Uh, you know you can't be, or rather you can't be voted upon if you're not nominated. And you isn't know, there like a voting process to get them to that point though? Like, yes, but uh, I believe I don't know enough about the I don't the fucking award shows. I can care less. But the, right, I don't know enough enough the process. But I believe the nomination system is less democratic than the voting on the nominees themselves like the, I believe right. the, enti- the entire academy membership votes on nominees and i believe to be nominated is a much more selective group of people that make mm-hmm. those decisions so you know obviously you know whatever the more, case more yeah more subjective so anyways <laughs> overall the nominees are zelda 2 the adventure of link the legend of zelda <laughs> uh gogo 13 super mario brothers 2 Mega Man 1, Double Dragon, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Metroid, Blaster Master, Bionic Commando, which is a relatively good group, I think. Yeah, you got uh, some bangers on here. Yeah, Even the sure. ones that aren't my favorite are okay. Right, 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 right. Except uh, for uh, GoGo 13. Except for GoGo 13, right? Which, you know, we have not played it a ton, so maybe we're fucking totally off base. Maybe we should just shut up and roll with the fact that it's... I mean, it's it's... Except for maybe those proprietary big swing and dick titles, the Marios and the Zeldas, uh, it's maybe the one that appears on here the most. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> you know, uh, I don't have to sit down and actually count it, but it's definitely not just a one one off on here. It's on here more often than Mike Tyson's Punch Out is, which is fucking wrong for sure. <laughs> yeah. So are you going with Tyson's Punch Out yeah. for best game? Yes, for sure. Okay. Oh man, I think I'm gonna go with. Legend of Zelda. That was a fair one. A yeah, fair uh, two as we've talked about at length is very good and different, and I appreciate that. But I really like the uh, the style of Legend of Zelda one, and I think I kind of appreciate, as crazy as it sounds, the graphics a little more than the more advanced graphics of two. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's it's it's you, there's nothing to knock about the game at all, you know. Sure, I mean, I don't Especially have to. Take, I don't have to defend this pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, taking into consideration, particularly also when it came out, I think is is even more, or rather, only further cements the credibility of that as a choice. Right. It's interesting that they both can qualify though. Like, what are the release dates on those motherfuckers? And why did they not put Legend of Zelda as A and Zelda Two as B? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, that's also interesting too, but. If Legend of Zelda can be on here, why is Mario 1 not on here? Yeah, where's Mario 1? And are you telling me straight to my face face that GoGo 13 is better than Mario 1? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you You're going to say that with a serious look on your face. Right, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, have, you have to, talk to, have to talk to Howie to get, to get a feel for what, how, the, how the process went. I'll, uh, I'll, shoot him, I'll shoot him an email. Yeah, so that's those are our nominations. We will find out later how accurate uh, our opinions are, or rather on par our opinions are with the general populace that might have voted on this, which I believe they are they are letting readers of the mag 
vote on those, I think. Um, it says right there, let's vote. Cast your vote using the postcard on page, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, they are they are taking uh, a very democratic approach to these selections here. Did you not have the postcard in your uh, copy that you read? I might have. There's a shit ton of fucking it's, things. Uh... Okay, yeah, yeah, I have it there, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say just like have a page 88. a couple pages back, yeah. Right. Yep. This is exactly how you end up with uh, the research vessels being named Bodie McBoatface also. <laughs> right, what was it? That's how Friday the 13th becomes the best game ever because <laughs> right. you asked your readers. Yep. Uh, although I bet kids took it more seriously then. It wasn't, uh, the world was not as cynical as it is now. And also you're just dealing with the younger demographic in general probably. And then, how cynical it is now. Right. So after that, they give us, they explain to us this fucking rating system deal. They give a whole page here that, that dives into how it works. And the empty player meters are for you to color in yourself, which is... Oh, shit. And I just, I think I mentioned earlier, there was all this fucking fine print on this pink page. And I think I was just trying to scroll past it so fast that by the time I stopped scrolling, I was past this explanation. So okay, <laughs> now yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they are fucking, they want you, which is just a wild idea to me. Like a kid with crayons coloring on these. These are glossy pages, too. They probably very were very poor to color on. <laughs> right, but of course, that's not the point. The point is what? Uh, interactivity? To make the kid go out and buy the game so that they can review it. Sure. Like, they don't even care. Like, fucking throw the thing in the trash. Who cares? But just buy the game. Yeah. That's not a bad, uh, also cynical <laughs> way to think about it. It's not a way to think about it. I just explained capitalism to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, after that, you can order back issues now. All four that precede this issue are available to Which is you. tight, and I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's be, I mean, if you were. But then the again, it's capitalism. So. The, the collector in me. If I have bought the fifth one of these and then like, oh, my God, there are four more of these. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm in. Yeah. Badly want those. So I'm surprised. I can't believe I didn't order back issues. Uh, I feel like maybe by the time I got in, got on board that these might, might have been out of them. You know, right. Uh, I feel like I, I, I can picture out of stock kind of things on some of these earlier issues. And that the fact that I couldn't get them all might have just derailed me on the idea of at all <laughs> right. I am I was definitely have always been a completionist for sure when it comes to collecting and uh, that would have 100% made me not want to do it <laughs> yeah or not, or maybe not you went, it. maybe you went and asked Mike if you could order back issues and he just yelled at you and grounded you or something I would have asked my mom for that that's a good point <laughs> uh, video spotlight aka cocky kids uh, comes next and Kelly Evans of SLC Salt Lake City H5 has his dad Vance writing in saying all the kids in the neighborhood call his kid like he's the, like he's a Nintendo game counselor. They even call it the neighborhood hotline specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder if he charged kids per minute. <laughs> I can hope so. <laughs> I can hope so. <laughs> uh, this made me think of my Game Boy rental business I ran on the bus to school. Do you remember that? Have this? you mentioned this before? I don't think we've talked about it on here. No. I was going to say, because when you said that, it like a bell went off in my head. I was like, oh, my God, he is a crazy person like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I charged kids. I would take my Game Boy and its little fucking that black shoulder case that I had, the, the, the padded one, on the bus to school. 
And I would charge kids. This is like I was in like fourth grade, I want to say fourth, maybe fifth grade. Um, <laughs> definitely elementary still. And I would charge kids per minute of play. And kids were spending all their lunch money on it. <laughs> so like, you were taking food out of these poor children's mouths? Yes. The, uh, I had like a little notepad with like a price list on it. Like mm-hmm. how long each like certain games cost more to play per minute. Wow. Five minutes or whatever. Uh, which is incredible. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I got into trouble at some point for doing this. Yeah, uh, of course you would. Well, yeah. That makes mean, the of most course. Sense. I'm running a fucking business. It's a completely legitimate business. You're at school. You're not supposed to be running a business. What do you mean? We're at, it's not like I'm doing it in class and they're fucking... Uh, this is take it. We're this is idle time for us. I'm we sure are, this is all above board. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the girl's name. I remember her name was Erica. I can't remember her last name. Oh, Erica how Black? are you forgetting the last name? Erica Black. Erica Blackburn. Blackburn. She was yeah. on our bus. Yeah, and she had a crush on you. And Possibly. she had a brother named Tim, and they lived north of us on uh, Quarry Road, yes, on the left that. side of the road. Yes, that I remember for sure. I remember the I remember the bus path, bus pass, bus path distinctly. Uh, so yes, Erica Blackburn. Then uh, at one point, one day, and we had probably I got home. How knows how long I'd been doing this? But the she like started crying because Robert Jackson. I remember that distinctly. Okay. Said her kids were going to be starving someday because she spent all her money on dumb shit. <laughs> Like making fun of her, so she starts crying. And Wait, is Robert Jackson? Was he your age? He was in my grade. Yes, Robert Jackson. That was a succinct observation <laughs> on his part. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to say she was maybe a grade or two below us. I mean, it's not like she was way younger, but she was a little younger, and we were all young. <laughs> and yeah, he did that. So she got upset, and I don't know if that led to. I don't remember really the intermediary steps. Uh, but the next memory I have from this story is basically at Prospect in the principal's office. They confiscated all my business assets. Oh <laughs> 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 man! Game Boy, uh, the price list, uh, and he had it like he had it, he had all these items in a Manila folder, <laughs> like they were fucking yeah, like it was Evidence. like he. Yeah, like he was cracking the case on the fucking Dahmer murders or something. Right. Uh, so he had all these things in this Manila envelope. And is there any chance you? I can't remember the name of the principal. Do you remember the principal in, in Prospect? I had, I had like, and this is my fourth grade memory, but I have this memory of him being like a very putsy person. It was a dude. It was definitely a dude. No, I don't think I started fucking with principals until I got in a Prospect, and I think it might have been Miss Toss at that point. Miss Toss, yeah, it was not Toss yet. Uh. Yeah. Anyhow, no, I, I got nothing. Uh, so anyhow, yeah. So he's in there, and he, for some reason, I don't know why it ended up being my uncle. I don't know why that is. Uh, but my uncle was the one that ended up having to come to the school, which is. I weird. bet you fucking called your uncle instead of Mike. You think, man? I mean, this is we're talking. I don't You're know. smart enough to know that Mike's not the guy you want to deal with in that situation. He's <laughs> not the one you want to lean on, man. Like Ted's, and Ted's like not only a nicer person than him. But he's going to be much more empathetic to the video game aspect of it. I guess that's a lot of that's a lot of I don't know. I feel like I feel like I wouldn't. It's given you a lot of credit at that age, but you were like a. I mean, you did design a business, so yeah, yeah. It's given me a lot of credit, but it's also given me a lot of power, and I don't feel I feel like you don't get to choose who they call. That's a good point. 
<laughs> you know, you sound like fucking. It's not prison. You know, like call. You know, you didn't go. I want you to call my boy in uh, homeroom. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fucking yeah, like call it. David Camargo. He'll help me out. Right. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's how it works, man. So yeah. However it happened, Ted's the one that's to come. My uncle, and he fucking comes down, and like I remember him being there in the office. And they got, you know, he's got to explain this. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this all happen and I'm in trouble. And like, he's there and I'm sure he wasn't happy about having to come. So even if I may, you know, whatever, he's a better person for deal with it. He's still not happy probably to do it for sure. me here. And do it. He had to come. He did work. have to take time off work. Yeah. He can't call the fucking all the way from Lakewood or something. <laughs> like, right. you know, like, yeah, not good. Uh, and the principal was explaining it to him. And I remember Ted's response. Even when Ted tells the story to this day, he words it very much in this vein. He's like, so what's the fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what the fucking problem is. You're telling me that the kid designed an entrepreneurial venture that is successful. <laughs> and then somebody made their own choice. Right, right. And why is he here? <laughs> right. I mean, to a degree, I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's a fantastic, fun little thing from our childhood that yeah. I have. Yeah, just fucking he And Ted was just totally like, what the fuck? So why did I leave work? He's got expenses. He's got to pay for those batteries. You know, those cost money. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, right. It's, it's kind of predatory. I don't know, man. I don't see how you. This is it. what everyone that runs a predatory business would say. Sounds, I don't know. This sounds like a masterful, gifted and talented independent study is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> you sound like the kind of guy who would run a business. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Well, I do run it. I mean, it, I know it, you do. I, I run my own. I am. I am. I'm a business owner, uh, so that makes sense. But I like that I laid the groundwork for it uh, all the way back then. All those years ago, and it was related to Nintendo Power. Yes, all fantastic. So Josh Zimmerman of Grass Valley, California, says he can beat the first four boxers in Punch Out blindfolded, Bullshit. and yeah, he is either full of shit or a complete madman for actually going putting in the work to be able to do it. One or the other. Right. Um. Steve Zoid Guy, which that's it's hard to pick that all apart. Right. Steve, his name is Steve Guy. His nickname is Zoid in quotations <laughs> of Morristown, New Jersey. Cracked me the fuck up with, I have had the NES ever since it was invented. Is how he started. <laughs> I didn't, so. That didn't even clock with that. <laughs> I just uh, accepted I, it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he has that in there, but never mentions the origin story of Zoid as a nickname. Which is a bummer, because <laughs> that's not—it's uh, not like Ace or anything, you know. Uh, did any of these fucking jump out to you other than those? No, I, I'd actually just kind of breeze through these. I laughed at the pictures of the kids because they're such school pictures, but nothing. Yes, yeah, that's cool. that one down there is no doubt uh, a fucking school picture, lunchtime school. Yeah, picture. I mean, I and I my favorite color was blue, so I know I took a picture in front of that same background. exact same background. Yeah, school pictures. That's a funny. I can picture the envelope those came in with the purple and blue lines diagonal with the fucking cellophane windows. Speaking of predatory businesses. Speaking of predatory businesses, yeah. But I mean, parents wanted those. That's not, you know, they wanted to be, uh, they wanted to be, uh, what do you call that? Predated? <laughs> uh, they, they wanted to be preyed upon. Preyed upon. Yes, that would be the, that would be the word. Yeah. Yes, they did for sure. Uh, those sold like hotcakes. Can you imagine getting that account? <laughs> Is the way that would be. My that God, be. dude, it's free money. I, uh... Just fucking. We should start that too. We need to start all these businesses, Jab, immediately. Right? Yeah, we gotta stop putting this shit out there so people can steal our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> our fucking, 
our our unlicensed uh, game uh, IP T-shirt business and our school photography business. There were other ones so, too. Although I would say that our our photography uh, prowess is precisely on par with that necessary to have that account <laughs> and to take sure. pictures. Like, yeah, I got a fucking iPhone, dude. I'll take your picture. I'll I have, take your I, picture. I, yeah, I have the three key lighting system that we need. I know I need to shine two lights from each side of him, put the camera between, and then backlight the uh, or, or put a little light in the ground to light the background so there's some depth to it. We're and good then, to go. Yeah, we're, we are ready to rock. <laughs> we need six backgrounds and boom, done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the moving on from that, we get our high score against achievers shit, and there are two high scores from Elaine, Ohio, in here, Jeff. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for the Ohio people. For sure, Robert Diaz for the game Gotcha, and Tom Campana for the sole Top Gun score in here. Fucking Robert Diaz is from Lorraine, dude. That's like right down the, that's right next door to me. Yeah, so Tom's also from Lorraine. Right. They're both in lane. So uh, Robert Diaz isn't the easiest person to find on Facebook, but Tom Campana is. And there was a Lorraine resident named Tom Campana as the second return when I Googled or when I Facebooked Tom Campana as a name. And he's appropriately aged and has a ton of crude memes and other Republican-y type shit in his feed. Oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> that puts him, uh, it's definitely him for sure. Uh, uh, I'll put it this way. I know everything I need to know about him. <laughs> yeah, nil Nintendo stuff going on in the feed, uh, though, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of those, I don't even know. I mean, Republican-y is probably not the right way to describe most of his posts, but it summates it for me. They're like really, they're like crude jokes that aren't really funny, you know? Like, don't really <laughs> that's get... What, that's what the humor is. Yeah, 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 don't really get the... I don't know the real the real nuances of internet humor is like it escapes him, you know. Right. Uh, These were the kind of people that thought that Archie Griffin threatening to beat his wife is high humor. So well, high humor. That's a there. That's a, that's one of the most intelligent shows that's ever been made, dude. And the guy. But what I'm saying is like that's yes, right. I understand that, and a lot of that was like tongue in cheek and did like things to take down racism. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. They, 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 uh, yeah, I know what, you, what you're saying is the the part they found funny is not the part the 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 creator, the intelligent funny. part where they had to think about it. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, I beat my wife too. It's that is funny. <laughs> when she when she talks too much, I smack her. Like, yeah, that's how you do it. So yeah, they didn't think about it too much typically. Uh, Pack Watch is next, and they give us big news in quotations uh, from the Capcom Disney Alliance announcing DuckTales and Rescue Rangers are coming down the pipe, as well as a title I'm guessing never actually made it onto store shelves called Adventures in Disneyland that is going to be or was supposed to be based on different areas of the theme park, which sounds just horrible, like a horrible effort towards advertisement in video games, you know, which I mean, so is DuckTales and Rescue Rangers, but at least there's like characters that kids could fucking align with and enjoy and, you know, real gameplay as opposed to, yes, just literally a fucking a commercial in the form of a game of a theme park. <laughs> right. And I'll also say that uh, I, I think weren't DuckTales and Rescue Rangers pretty good games? DuckTales is fucking fantastic. Fantastic, right. I remember, Rescue actually, I remember, Rangers. I think we called, or no, we called, nah, anyways. I'll fucking 
skip that. <laughs> yeah, Did you play can. Rescue Rangers? Uh, I remember renting it at one point. Yeah, and it's it's not uh, it's not bad. It's kind of weird. The sprites are like really big. It's, it was weird. A little bit of a weird game. Not great, but playable. For okay. I mean, all you know, none of the Disney games were really awful. Uh, which. Uh, to Disney, you know, they hired. That's the thing. They hired Capcom. Capcom didn't make bad games, really. So, yeah, Disney could have done a much worse job of just trying to crank out licensed bullshit uh, for the sake of profit, as opposed to hiring someone that probably costs a little more money to make actually good games. So, they also tease uh, some notable teases here: are Sunsoft Batman and Data East Bad Dudes. Dragon Warrior is said to be still a ways off. And uh, after that, we get the next issue teasers, which are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ninja Gaiden's second half of their features. So that's like a trend that they're doing here early where they break up the bigger cover stories into a second part in the next issue. And probably try to sell some more issues here for people who particularly like those games and are fired up about them. And then we also get Mega Man 2 as a teaser here, which is exciting. We are Mega Man people, I think. Mm-hmm. And there is no letter from Howie in this issue here. Usually this is where the letter from Howie has been going in the first four issues, and that has been banished. And I feel they are just slowly phasing this dude out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's it. fucking obsessed with the N-word, and uh, it's got to go, Howie. <laughs> well, no, that's that's Sega. Oh, was that? Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, Wait, what, didn't that... Howie do some questionable shit? Uh, I don't think so. Not on the race front like that. That was That was that... Stevie, Steve, or whatever his name is. Oh, That's, yeah. That, yeah, that is doing Sega, so... Yeah, don't put that label on Howie. He's not... He's not Howie, I'm sorry. Yeah, see? Yeah. If this gets to you, it's my bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is weird that there... It's just, like, less and less of him, seemingly. He's Ooh, kind of it's, 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 it's like a... Like a you know, it's like the exact formulaic way you phase someone out that you can't right. just lop the head off of, you know? Like, okay, well, hey, Howie, we're going to put you back here because, you know, like, that just makes sense. You know, and yeah. then, like, get back there and, like, you know what, Howie, we're, like, after he's, like, accepted that four issues in, five issues in, like, okay, listen, Howie, here's what we're thinking. <laughs> Why don't you like, shorten the letter up a little bit? <laughs> and then, like, a month later, he's like, hey, you guys haven't contacted me for the past two letters. Uh, what's up with oh, that? And like, yeah. Oh, we so did like... nix that program. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, poor Howie. Yeah, poor Howie. The big subscribe to the MAG ad this month is a new campaign here that uh, I kind of really liked and I thought had some shit going on that we was worth talking about before we get out of here. And it's uh, some dude in a really badass silver bomber jacket with Nintendo logo on the breast. Like looks like very highly reflective silver uh, material, you know, almost like a fucking space suit. And, yeah. yeah, and he's like, he's sitting... It looks it looks like it should have zipper pockets. Upon closer inspection, I don't think maybe it actually does have zipper pockets, but it should. And <laughs> missed opportunity, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's holding an issue while seated at a very state of the art Nintendo Command Center with like, like fucking eight or nine nine screens or something, most of which showing different parts of like Mario Two, Simon's Quest, et cetera, et cetera. Metroid there's in the corner. Uh, Master Master. Yeah, it's just like a incredibly eighties fucking thing going on that is, is really nice and I thought it was uh I don't know higher 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 production values than you're getting in a lot of these um early proprietary Nintendo Power campaigns that they're doing here, you know? Yeah, this is a good uh eighties magazine advertisement here. Yeah, for sure. And that dude looks like they did a good job of casting there as he is like these a great quintessential eighties ad guy. <laughs> like Yeah. 
perfectly whitewashed dude that's just like this dude can fit in anywhere <laughs> generic man <laughs> yeah so good job there uh, and they're they're it's funny they're, they're packing they go from the pin uh which is kind of cool i think a little pin to put on your coat or whatever the nintendo power thing they were they've been giving away mm-hmm. to it's just not it's like a they're calling it a uh, honorary team power membership. It's like a certificate. It's just like a fucking piece of paper, probably with that logo on it. Uh, they actually have you. They have the the, the more mock up on the next page there in, in black and white or tricolor, anyways, red, black, and white. Uh, honorary Nintendo Power team power member, and just your name here in cursive at the bottom of it. it looks like it was printed on fucking one of those dot matrix printers <laughs> right? <laughs> with the fucking the little spinny things on the sides and you got to like... google and find one of these is what you need to do Actually, <laughs> i guess you could just get the the uh logo and then just put your name at the bottom of it and print that shit out yeah yourself for sure oh that could uh, be your fucking christmas gift i blew it <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh yeah by the way fucking happy 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 belated birthday thank you yeah yeah you do so, well, it was on a Tuesday. It was on October 22nd, so that was the lamest shit ever. I didn't do anything necessary. Actually, Hannah, my ex, came out, and uh, she had a drink with me, and then hung out at the house for a little bit, and then took off. Uh, but I did shit this weekend. Uh, people came over, and we had pizza. Actually, it's funny. I had a great birthday. Uh, I celebrated essentially on Saturday, um, and I had friends come over, and they took... Uh, we got some pizza and watched uh, 90s pop-up videos from MTV. Fun. Yeah, it was actually a blast. I had a really good time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how the older you get, the more fun less is. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, yeah, like 10 years ago, that would seem like a crazy birthday. Yeah, or two days ago when it actually happened, I was like, this is perfect. Oh, perfect, yeah. Uh, perfect. Like fucking give me more Alanis Morissette pop-up videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what getting old and dying's like. Uh, on to nominations. That is the Mappy Land Level 2 theme, bringing us into our nominations from Nintendo Power Issue 5. Jab, what are your three game nominations from this issue? All right, well, um, you're probably not going to like one of them. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little spoiler for you, you're not going to like it. Uh, But Adventures Island, or Adventures Island, Adventure Island uh, is one because... You can't even say the title of it. That's because I'm so awestruck by how fucking good it is <laughs> that I can't even speak about it. Um, <laughs> Adventure Island, um, which I think is probably the best game ever made. And I actually picked Super Mario Bros. 2 as well because I thought uh, the, the more I thought about that game, the more I kind of wanted to play it. Um, and I didn't really have a third one, to be honest. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's like, so little new stuff in here this time. Like I felt like a bunch of it was like a rehash of old shit that I had already decided that I wasn't super interested in. Yeah, I was, you know, I fucking put together that list as I go. Like, and they're, yeah, they're definitely, this is without a doubt the least number of options. Of right, like what issue. am I going to do, pass over Life Force again? Yeah, I am. So. <laughs> but didn't you say Life Force is actually pretty good? Life Force is pretty good, yeah. Did, Life uh, Force is my third one. I didn't even. I don't think I even had that anywhere, but yeah. Uh, well, I saw it on. I'm sorry, I saw it on the uh, 
top 30. Yeah, it is in the top 30. That's fair. I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, the yeah, I mean, if it's fantasy life force, it wouldn't bother me that much. But the my three were Predator, Ninja Gaiden, and Simon's Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I really the it's not on there. But Mario Two is definitely still on my list, and it would be a fucking blast. Um, Predator is interesting to me. I already mentioned like there's a lot going on in it. Uh, I think it would get frustrating. Ninja Gaiden definitely be frustrating, hard as fuck. Yeah, and I've also already played fucking two thirds of it at this point because <laughs> yeah. I got hooked on it. So I mean, I, you know, whatever, go back through and talk about it or pick it apart more. Uh, of course, not going to that depth with just a playthrough, but uh, and then Simon's Quest is long and fucking arduous. Um, I can't believe. Yeah, I wonder why Mario. And I got something else. Why I probably should have dropped this in the what are you playing now? But um, not only am I playing Outer Worlds which is going to be a, a, a bonerific move for me. But an even bigger bonerific move is going to happen on Thursday when Subnautica Below Zero comes out. That's, that's, that's definitely a lot hitting you. So like grindy, a grindy game like Simon's Quest, you know, that's, gonna, that's not going to appeal to me. So it, it would, I don't have any negative thing to say about Mario 2 as an idea. I like the idea of... of you know, it's also interesting... We haven't uh, mentioned it, but I'm going to be back in Cleveland in two weeks on when, the Monday when we would record. Oh, was this for the, uh, for the, the game, game that you asked yeah. me about? Yeah, and I never answered. I, uh, I take it that, that offer has to be off the table at this point, right? No. What do you mean? Well, you, you did say, what do you mean? When you off did the I table, say yes? You, yes, you said yes. You said yes if you don't have to pay for it, which Ted's going to pay for it. <laughs> oh, right. uh, okay, well, then never mind. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be back for that. So, we may have to figure out a way to record in person. Um, you go sit in the other room of my house and get on Skype. Well, that sucks. We why even do it there then? Well, I'm only worried about uh, uh, hardware issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. We have to figure out a way to do it. That isn't a hardware nightmare. Um, I got mics and shit. Not vocal mics necessarily, but not good ones at least. We'll figure it out. Yeah, if you if you have microphones, and yeah, we should talk about that. But anyhow, the. Uh, that would be a game. I also feel like I could play Mario 2 and like either bang it out or it would be like different and fun enough to take me away. Like when I'm stepping away from Subnautica and Outer Worlds, I'm not so, yeah. going to feel like, oh, I got to go grind in fucking Simon's Quest now. Right. Yeah. Simon's Quest is kind of, you know, it's like it's like darker and more depressing. <laughs> than, yeah. Whereas Mario 2 is like flowery and fun <laughs> it's like jovial right yeah exactly yeah so that that is a nice change of paces totally so i can see that uh yeah man i mean i, I it's not one of one of my nominations but i don't have i i it's high on my list of things to do in my life and um we're getting i mean super mario 3, they're already talking about super mario 3 so right we, yeah i mean we're gonna go back and play the shit right yeah we gotta we gotta catch up here maybe so maybe, maybe that's a good argument too just the i've time been convincing you this entire podcast i've just been swaying your opinion <laughs> about mario 2 no, about uh, well, in the uh, yeah, actually, all of it was about Mario too. In fact, it was during the <laughs> nominations. I got you to change two of your options or two of your choices. <laughs> and now third in the uh, in the final nomination. Very tactical. Well, uh, yeah, like I said I don't, I don't have anything. Uh, I don't. I don't want to argue against it, even for the things that I was excited about here. Right. So okay, let's do Mario too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's also we haven't done like a one of the big Nintendo things. Yet. I was thinking we haven't done like a big name. Like yeah, we're always doing other shit, which is fine, but yeah. 
Word. Okay, so Mario 2 will be what we play between now and the next episode. And uh, in the meantime, you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Pandora, Podmean, a bunch of other shit probably too. And you can rate and leave positive shit, or if you could rather, you definitely can, but would you please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whichever of those platforms you do listen to it on. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod for previous episodes that might not be on whatever platform or whatever you're listening to. If it's SoundCloud and stuff, you can't get the older ones sometimes. And you can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook, which that community is blown up a little bit. Our last uh, episode on Friday the 13th really brought in some some listeners and some, some followers, uh, so that was cool. And uh, we have the gameplay videos on YouTube. Maybe if we get to play together Mario 2 at all, we'll, we'll try to record some of that and throw that up on, on, on the YouTube channel. And we have the subreddit going, which is also gaining some traction because of the uh, Friday the 13th and some other shit that I'm, I've, been, I've been throwing up on the NES subreddit. And Jab, what are your socials? Um, I actually don't have any anymore, again. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even check Bumble and Tinder anymore, so uh, you guys can't <laughs> find me anywhere on the internet now. In two weeks you gave up on that? Yep, yeah. Well, it actually took me about two hours. <laughs> uh, my, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Follin or on Instagram at my shift key is broke. And okay, bye. See you.